I'm Billy Magnuson uh, with Reserve for Ronnie, and you're listening to Below the Belt, motherfucker. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, awesome. And don't sh- play this for my mom, okay? Okay, we okay, The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. For your weekly pleasure, guys, we have an incredible show from top to bottom. I know I say that every week, but I goddamn mean it. Let's go ahead and start by uh, introducing this illustrious, amazing, multi-talented panel. Starting with, that's right, he is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, the one and only Chachi McFly. So normally you're lying when you say that, but tonight you're telling the truth. I mean, no, I mean, it, it's always, always an amazing show from top to bottom, no matter okay. what. But this is more like the tippy top, right? This is, uh, yeah, you can see the tippy top, yeah. I'm but, excited. <laughs> yes, what a show, guys. And, of course, we have an amazing panel that we've assembled, starting with, she is a YouTuber, she is an actress, she's a singer, performer, extraordinaire, she does it all. Vanessa Meadows, a.k.a. Triple Dubs, a.k.a. The Snort, The Snortles. <laughs> I did that one on purpose, just for you. Yes. <laughs> we love it. We love it, Vanessa. We, we, uh, you've earned, you certainly earned that cute little nickname, for sure. Ah, uh, thank you. All right. Glad to be here. Thank you. Our next panelist, we are so glad to have her back on Below the Belt Show. We were actually worried for her health and well-being um and uh we are so happy to have her back on btb healthy recovered and a lot better clean bill of health she is actress and voiceover artist extraordinaire miss ali dash Glad so to be good back. to have you back on btb ali you you've had quite the uh the struggles of the past couple weeks uh in the hospital um, and, uh, if you can talk about it and share with it, um, sure. your experience. Yeah. It was really scary. It was insane. Um, so it was, so September, like the weekend of September 10th, um, I was in ocean city, went to the wine festival, had so much fun. We went out to dinner, um, and I got a burger and the waitress was like, oh, so how would you like it cooked? And I said, medium rare. <laughs> Um, and I'm pretty much 99% sure that's where it came from. So 
three days later is when I started getting sick, thought it was just the normal stomach bug, got much worse, um, went to the hospital that Tuesday, um, got diagnosed with um, sugar toxin, E. coli um, infection. And then that Wednesday, when I was supposed to be on the show, um, um, I was like completely out of it. I was, I slept the entire day. I couldn't keep any fluids down. Um, couldn't even drink anything because it hurt so bad. Um, was so weak. Um, could like barely like, um, so Thursday went back. So I went to the hospital Thursday. They admitted me, spent the night Thursday night, Friday night. Um, they managed my pain and, um, hooked me up to some fluid IVs, um, cause I was so dehydrated. Went back home Saturday, um, was starting to recover from the initial E. coli infection, starting to feel better. And then that this Sunday, I started like my legs started ballooning up and my stomach and like my stomach, um, like I couldn't even fit into like my baggy pants. Um, mm, wow. And it hurt wow. so bad and I could barely walk because it would my legs would start to bloat. So I went to the hospital, had um, really bad edema. They did um, my blood levels, my hemoglobin, my red blood cells, my platelets were all dropping. White blood cells were really high. Um, And so they were, um, it was either between like hemolytic uremic syndrome or TTP, which was a lot more serious. Thankfully, it wasn't that. Um, But, and it's interesting, the hemolytic uremic syndrome that I ended up getting from it about five to 10% of people that get the E. coli infection will develop into the um, HUC, but it's usually, or the hemolytic uh, HUS, um, but it's usually children, which is interesting <laughs> um, that I ended up getting it. Um, it's like one to three and of like 100,000 or something like that. Um, but so it's super rare. And I ended up, I have a little, um things still on my neck i don't know if you can see it from where they put it um whoops i don't know if you can see yeah i see it a little bit yeah yeah um that's where they put the um the iv through or the um catheter um so they put the catheter through there it was like through my um that vein there through my neck um they did a plasma phoresis so i did a plasma exchange um and then I did that twice and then um I ended up having a lot of edema and then I had a uh, pulmonary fusion so a bunch of liquid in my lungs um and then so they had to um do a thoracentesis to like get all the fluid out I don't know if you saw the picture <laughs> of the, my, the liquid um, my goodness on yeah it, was... it looked like two gallons of apple cider yeah it was awful a lot that's just to give you a a yeah. scale of how much liquid was in the lungs wow. for by comparison but uh Luckily, my gosh Ali, you, you were under the best care but you were under the best care the best doctors and yeah. uh you're now home you're recovered yes. um so any any home. any lessons learned from this experience no more medium rare burgers for sure okay. um <laughs> And I'm still wary, like, every time I, like, eat lettuce, I'm, like, so, because lettuce is another big one. Um, it's, like, yeah, Chipotle had a mm-hmm. um, couple of outbreaks and stuff. So, I'm, like, even scared of, like, lettuce. And I'm, like, am I immune to it now? <laughs> like, what are the chances of me getting it again? But right. 
That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Allie not super happy before. Oh, it's crazy. Wow. Oh, well, Allie, you well, were so happy. You survived. So happy yes. you're okay. Very glad. Yeah, wow. Wow. Oh, so, Allie, you're back here on Below the Belt Show. Um, and uh, it's just great to see you look amazing. You're, like, glowing. I mean, like, you look as healthy as, as, as you, that you never got that E. coli uh, condition, right? doing a lot better like you oh god when I was in the hospital I was when I came home like I was still needing to use like a walker I felt like such an old lady like oh, wow. <sighs> wow. walking through but yeah doing so I, much I, better but I want to hug you I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean did the burger at least taste good it was delicious and that was, was like the <laughs> shitty thing is it was so fucking good <laughs> <laughs> it was not that good. Was it? I don't think it was that restaurant. What restaurant was it? Um, it was Ocean. Shit, I'm like blanking on the name. Ocean. Well, I don't know if you want to promote Ocean them Thirteen now. or something. <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe they you should a, talk about it for people not to go. But maybe, yeah, yeah, not maybe to go promoting it would might not be the best <laughs> idea. But uh, uh, but speak broker well done if you go there. <laughs> Speaking of promotion, guys. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and introduce yeah. the uh, the creative uh, team behind the feature film Harvey, which is uh, getting its Los Angeles premiere, red carpet premiere, in North Hollywood on Thursday, October 14th, starting with actor extraordinaire Johnny Alonzo. What's up, guys? How are you? Hey. Yes. Hey, we have, oh, hey. man, incredible um, director of photography, I'm guessing, Cameraman extraordinaire, editor extraordinaire, Shannon Lanier. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, we can yeah. hear you. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> we also have uh, one of the actors from Harvey. We have Darius Autry. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good to see you all. Hey, hey Darius. Good to have you on Below the Belt. What's up, man? And hello, uh, hello. I believe we have the Rockers. From Raven Tree, uh, <laughs> providing music for for Harvey, we have Mike McCann. Hi. Hey, Mike. And the last person, if you can introduce yourself, your name didn't come up on the docket. Is that me? Oh, I'm Phoenix. I'm a part, Phoenix Johnson, a part of Raven Tree. Okay, and we got one more. Somebody Kevin Wynn. And uh, yeah. Harvey. We got Kevin Wynn. Kevin Wynn and Harvey. All right. Well, uh, all right. Well, just let's let's get right to it, guys. Uh, really quick, tell tell us about the premise of the film. Um, da Darius and Johnny, you're two of the lead actors in, in the film. Kevin, you're also an actor as well in the film as well, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. Tell us about your roles in the film. Give us a little synopsis if you could, guys. Yeah, Darius, take it. All right. So. Harvey pretty much takes place in a small town. Um, it's about a guy that is really some things happened in his life and he's under circumstances he doesn't want to be in. And when people are under circumstances that they don't want to be in, they tend to make irrational choices. They tend to have bad attitudes and, and bad vibes lead to bad things happening, which leads to bad circumstances which leads to conflict and drama. So a lot of things happen. A lot of things unfold. Um, I think you guys are in for a good one here. I think you guys are in for a good one here. I'm excited for you all to see it. And um, Johnny plays a good character himself. He, he really plays a character that kind of drives us along. 
Kevin plays our wonderful antagonist. Thanks to him, he's quite menacing on on camera and Harvey here. So I'm excited to see him go. And uh, Shannon really put together this this film great. He the production value is just amazing. So shout out to Shannon. He, he I, yeah, I know it's gonna man. be great. Just looking at the trailer, yeah. I, I know how hard you work there, Shannon. So shout out to Thanks, the team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we checked out the trailer, man. Um, very high quality, high production, as you were mentioning. Chad, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, tell us uh, how it was uh, being on set in Florida shooting uh, this film. Was that for me? Yeah, were you asking me? Yeah. I think so. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> no uh, Florida was neat, man. It was different. Um, it was, they tell you November it was still hot and humid. That was <laughs> that's the thing we had to get used to. But, um, it was good. I mean, it was nice being, you know, having some really cool locations. The bowling alley we used was, like, really awesome because it's this very 80s vibe bowling alley. And, you know, it's like when you go into these sets, when you, you have the vibe there, it makes it so much more easier to kind of start building that vision of what you want to do, you know? Right. Just like with Johnny, he's like, you know, the, the bowling shirts that Johnny was wearing, Darius, and just that whole vibe. And then, of course, with Darius, you know, really just selling that character, this, this compressed small town vibe to it. You know, so it's awesome to have all those little elements. And then plus going into a place I wasn't used to being. You know, Florida is just a very different place. And Darius is from there, so he's used to it. But, you know, when you're coming from, like, B&B area, stuff like that, going to Florida, it's a whole different world down there. So you kind of hit the ground rolling and start building an idea when you're there. And it's uh, it was awesome, awesome experience. Yeah, I saw the trailer. Yeah. I thought it was really well made. Um, and I just decided to myself, I'm never taking Johnny bowling with me ever. He's, he's pretty dangerous. Yeah. I'm actually a good bowler, man. <laughs> I wouldn't hit you. Yeah, I wouldn't hit you over the head with a bowling ball. I'm sorry, guys. My voice. I've been working all day for this, so I've lost my voice. But just the same, this film, it's an 80s vibe, modern day psychological thriller. And we did this during COVID 2019. We are one of eight. I'm going to repeat that. One of eight independent SAG films that was cleared during COVID. Wow. So, wow. Right, yeah, it's, it's an honor. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah. And, you know, there were a lot more rules. We couldn't do overtime. We had to have um, a SAG nurse on set. So it was really, it wasn't easy. We had to be tested every few days. Um, but point being... There weren't a lot of films being made, TV shows being shot during that year. So, um, or, you know, whatever. And so when we put this together with Darius, I had to cast him as the lead. I had to have Shannon. I had to have Kevin, Aaron O'Brien. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Of course, with our director, Rennell. She wrote the script, talented lady. But as Shannon just said, taking a film that you have to put together in a different environment really you know it, it expands your mind i mean i love the bowling alley shannon and i um we did uh location scouting and we already knew how we wanted to shoot it so getting back to uh, the whole thing we after post-production we put the the project out to several distribution companies and right off the bat um this new one that, that we're working with uh, midnight releasing is giving us worldwide global distribution Wow. Awesome. That's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, like, uh, I mean, like you said, I mean, we, you know, it's crazy to think that we just started this thing last November, so last year, we're at this place now. You know, Hollywood doing a red carpet, 
I mean, it really all came together. It's like just all the talented people involved. Just everything was clicking on all cylinders, and yeah. it just really came together for it. Fantastic, fantastic. So, so Pi, Johnny, um, not only you're yes. you're one of the leads in this film, but you also, as you mentioned, a producer. What was it like wearing all those hats? Uh, during production I don't and ever recommend it. I don't recommend it. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Listen to my voice. I'm dying here. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you have to be cut out to be a producer. Um, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I'm just going to say it. You don't take any bullshit. And you have to have this certain thing. You know, you got to go with your judgment. I mean, hell, if I'm, if I'm wrong, I go down with the ship. That's it. But right now, you know, I'm 10 for 10. <laughs> so, um, you know, I did the casting with Rennell. We did the location scouting. I knew that everybody wanted to work. So being a producer, you know, you have an obligation with your executive producers that put up the money. So we weren't just going to shoot this and it become a VHS tape that you watch in grandma's basement. I'm not fucking doing that, you know? So <laughs> I had to have somebody. And the great thing is, guys, we, like I said, we're one of eight indies that was SAG cleared. It's pretty easy for us to, I think, recoup everything plus more. So, yeah, there'll, there'll be another film in our future. You guys will be in it. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So, you mentioned, of yeah. course, the well, we already talked about the red card premiere. You're also going to have a DMV um, screening yes. Yes. coming up yes. Uh, yes. in November. Yes. Uh, November 18th at the Senator Theater. I'll be putting out the link uh, this weekend. No. Uh, we're getting that from Midnight, midnight Releasing. Yes. Right. So is the plan um, for any film festivals or you'd like to go straight to the distributor and straight to um, video on demand? What is the goal? Well, I, we already have a contract. I can't say too much. Okay. But I can say that um, once it's released, it's pretty much going to hit the platforms. I mean, we, nice. we don't have to do the film festivals. Yeah. We will do a select few. I think they want to do that just for foreign territories like the Berlin Film Festival. And possibly con, but um, nice. as it stands right now, we don't have to. We got distro, bro. You know, we got domestic right. and international distribution. Yeah. So Fantastic. you know, Johnny Alonzo is a badass producer, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You. All your favorite streaming platforms. We got to see it, of course. The trailer. You can check out the trailer uh, on the official Facebook page, right? Facebook.com/slash Harvey the Film. Correct. Harvey the Film. Yeah. Um, so you check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that 80s vibe, you know, because um, <clears throat> kind of reminds me like uh, how Napoleon Dynamite was a modern film, but it was kind of backwards with that 80s fashion. Was there any um, any influences as far as 80s culture, 80s pop culture that you took into Harvey? Well, you know, I'll pass the mic to everybody else in one second. I'll just say yes. Um, when I got the script. You know, small town, I always think everything's kind of like backdated. Right. So, yeah. So me being, a, of course, like Chachi, king of the 80s, we, um, I had to lather it, lather it with 80s sounding music. So Hell some yeah. of it is from the 80s and some of it is modern day bands that, you know, perform with that 80s vibe. And uh, I'm telling you, the soundtrack alone is badass. You're going to feel like you're back in 1987 when you watch it. Let's see. And that's that's why we should segue to Mike McCann and, and Raven Tree. Yeah. Uh, tell us tell us guys how you got involved uh, uh, producing music for this film. Well, it's it's really kind of organic, right? It's uh, Johnny discovered us about four or five years ago. I think we had just finished our second album, right? Mm -hmm. 
um, we just finished tracking it. He came out to a show there in Baltimore and he has been tracking us ever since. He gave us a call about uh, three, four months ago, said, hey, man, I've got a, a couple slots here. I'd like to include you guys. And it was it was that simple. And, you know, so we're really grateful to Macrovision and Midnight Releasing, um, Rennell and, and Shannon, uh, along with Johnny for just, you know, really including us in this. You know, we're uh, we're an up and coming band. We've been doing really well. And uh, yeah, that's how it came about. It's fantastic. Now, uh, in composing uh, the music for the film, it was one of those deals where you kind of had to watch the film to kind of know which songs kind of make the most sense, or it was one of those things where you're just getting creative input on what type of songs to put into the film? Yeah, so... We, well, go ahead. Yeah, take that. Take it. Yeah, with, with this one, Johnny I was pretty familiar with some of the stuff we had done on the last album. So he, he knew we had kind of like this uh, Southern Gothic vibe going on with a couple of our tunes and he was just like hey i'm really interested in a couple of these songs can you shoot them to me and devil's red mistress was the title track off that second album and and it just fit uh what johnny was asking for right away and and i think that uh i'll pass that back to johnny but um that's that's how it came to us yeah i mean i took a bunch of music that i knew would fit in this film and i passed it to shannon i said shannon carte blanche, do what you want to do. Let's see what, let's see where you put it. So, you know, we, I, we, we rearranged a few things, but we were all on the same page. So we cut, you know, Shannon just actually put them in pretty much where I thought it was going to be. When you, when you, when you have this, this unity and unison with the people you're working with, you know, like, like even in relationships, I'm terrible at those. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to like a relationship in a film, you know, being a producer, being a director, being an actor, you guys are all on the same page. You know, you kind of had the idea of where things had to change. So, I mean, Shannon, just kind of tell them how you put the music in, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. When I was doing the edit and doing the rough cut, I mean, basically what I did is I went to all, like Johnny said, the 80s thing. I picked out a whole bunch of awesome 80s songs, and I put them in place in the, mo the movie in the, in the rough cut. So we laid them out, the vibe for each scene and how it transitioned. And then... It was a matter of going back and replacing them with these other awesome songs. So we kind of built this soundtrack of stuff that obviously we couldn't use because it's like all the just 80s music and cool things and, and all this stuff. And so, you know, going with that vibe, I, you know, Mike was talking about the other night when we were together. Uh, over Well, last night we were together. Sorry, I'm losing track of time. <laughs> last night we were together talking about pacing. And the pacing in that, you know, when, when the emotional things happen or when someone's falling or whatever it was in the film, it was just finding those moments where that song and a message of that song really made sense. And, and, you know, Johnny did a great job of taking out these songs that are familiar with the same thing, on the same points as emotions, as messages, and it all just fits really well. The tempos, the beats, the whole nine. Well, it's gotta be hard for you, Johnny, using the 80s songs since you were born in the nineties. It's gotta be a lot of research for you. <laughs> 1890s, 1890s. Yes. Yeah, right. That means you're over 100 years old. I'm a 300-year-old vampire. I keep telling people that. <laughs> now, man, everybody knows that the 80s vibe is kind of back. So, yeah. you know, like I said, but we are an 80s vibe modern-day film. Yeah. The town that we're in, Harvey's town is pretty much backdated. It's, so if you go to like a small town, you still hear an AM radio, if any of you even know what that is. And basically, it's got like a static sound, and it's got old music because it, they have a very yeah. small library. Right. You know, that's what this kind of town is. 
And the psychological thriller will really show that, man. Yeah, so it's funny how Johnny said that about the law of library. You know, when we went there, there were so many just, you know, Americana organic things on location. So what he's talking about, when you watch the film, we won't give too much away. There was like a, a, a little library book box. You know, you see those things where people put in books and people can trade them out and take them. Yeah. It's sitting right by this convenience store. So as we're sitting there looking at this thing, when we did scouting, I saw it. I'm like, I have to find a way to use that in the film when we get to that scene. And then when we actually were on set doing it, I was like, hmm, I wonder if I can stick a camera and a slider in that box and have it slide out of that box. Wow. So what we see is books. And all of a sudden, when it slides out, you're actually outside. So they're like shots like that, that we just let it flow and let that vibe kind of pick it up and just dictate some of those shots. We knew we had to shoot for a scene, but you have to fill those scenes with other really cool stuff to make a movie. You know, you get to shoot a scene, who cares? But really add those pieces and parts that set the, to the place, the vibe to that place, and sell those scenes at the same time. Yeah. Now, Darius, uh, you're not too familiar with A's, I'm guessing. You seem like the, one of the younger persons on the uh, the panel today. Uh, what was any research uh, going into your character, preparing for your role? Yeah, um, as far as where I came from with my character, the father figure was was cut out the film shortly before we started to film. So I had to make that adjustment. I'm blessed and lucky to have a good dad in my life. So Harvey not having that father figure in his life and, and having this mother figure that kind of, he has to be her foundation. He has to be her, her, her support. He holds her down, he's her anchor. But my mom is my anchor. So the roles were a reverse. Okay. So as far as researching that, I really had to kind of just step outside of my shoes and flex that empathy muscle, flex that perspective muscle and get into the um, being the man of the house. Um, really just being the man of the house, having the mother there. And as far as research, that was just about it. Um, besides that, we spent a lot of time talking about relationship and getting very specific on relationships between characters. Uh, Johnny and myself, his character, Keith, Kevin's character and myself, uh, we had to get specific on relationship. And that's really where most of the, the research came in. That's really it there. Very, very cool. I got I to give a shout out to Darius. There was stuff in this, you'll see in this movie, stuff we didn't ask him to even do it. Like, uh, you remember the little concoction of stuff in the cup you brought in, Darius? Yes, yes. So, so Darius oh, is, a, in a sense, a method actor to some degree, where he'll sacrifice his body and his, his stomach to do some crazy stuff. And when you see, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. So I, I think you're going to love some of these scenes he does, where he just goes all in completely. So he's very reserved in this interview, but he's, Balls to the wall when it comes to get doing this thing. Yeah, it's amazing. Awesome, man. I got to set, and first day I saw Johnny running around wearing five different hats. I'm like, I see Shannon sitting there mm -hmm. getting all this gear together. The intensity was high. Our first day on set was a 5:30 call time. Rock and Don. I've had those before. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> On top of that, we had COVID protocol and things like that, and I just saw how many moving parts there were, and I, I was like, man, a lot of people are doing a lot of work here, 
like I said, Johnny wore five different hats. He had to do a bunch of things at once. Shannon just filming in the, the midst of all these COVID protocols. There was a lot going on and I only felt it was my duty to bring 110% effort every day. And if I was bringing anything less than that, it was a slap in the face to Johnny, to Rennell, to Shannon and everyone else on set. Mm-hmm. I'm mad. So you guys all psyched for this red carpet premiere tomorrow. Yeah. North Hollywood. Yeah. You guys yeah. Red, we wish you were red, here. Red carpet ready. You guys gonna Oh yeah. You guys got oh, yeah. the the nice suits and uh, tailored and ready to rock? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 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 Nice. As, the, as, the, as the young folks would say, I'm I'm ready to put the drip on tomorrow. I'm ready to put the drip <laughs> it's on. Gonna, it's tomorrow. gonna be lit. You're gonna keep it one hundred. It's gonna be lit. It's gonna be fire. It's gonna be fire. I know. Emoji. <laughs> I know. Back in the eighties, the drip meant something completely different, right, Johnny? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday, 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 night. Wednesday night, guys. Wednesday night. <laughs> 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 I freaking love it. So um um can we talk about what's next for everybody? What is the next? Yes, yeah, so start with Kevin. Yeah, I uh coming up I'm doing another film in Florida actually. Uh it's called Rescued Innocence. It's gonna touch on the subject of human trafficking. I'm gonna be a detective that kind of dives into that world and rescues a lot of the the young girls from the sex trafficking industry uh it's going to hit home uh because it's going to focus a lot on what really is going on uh it's going to be a pretty powerful film so that is something that's going to be coming up probably the end of this year um and then of course looking forward to working with johnny and shannon and and some others possibly on some projects up in the future as well so you're the antagonist in Harvey, but you're playing a very good guy in this upcoming project. Yeah, I am the antagonist, and I play an absolute jerk. So, <laughs> so nice change of pace for you. Uh, what What about you, Darius? I see something cool on your IMDb with Richard Graco called Jungle Run. Yes, yes, I um I actually shot that back in shortly after Harvey. I played a tribe member of some sort, um, almost similar to. Have you seen Apocalypto? I you can't say I have. No. Okay, well. Mel Gibson, there, right? Yes, yes. Mel yeah, Gibson yeah. Uh, directed that. Ah, um, yeah. I, I pretty much played like an older tribe member, and I was the leader of the tribe member, and, and we were hunting down people throughout the jungle. It, it's got a. It's got a similar feel to like Jungle Book, things like that. Um, so my character speaks a different language. So I, I don't speak any English. It's all gibberish. Uh, subtitles covered over. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but it was a good experience. It was a good experience. But as far as what I have next, I'm actually a theater junkie. That's where my fundamentals are. That's nice. that's where that's, that's where hear. my training comes from. So I'll be returning to the stage in January. Very to nice. play Rome to play Romeo and Romeo and Juliet at the uh, Strass Center. Awesome! Oh. Yeah. Awesome! Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's so great, I'm man. Very yeah. excited for the challenge. Um, as you know, Shakespeare is a different fight every time you approach it. Uh, so I'm 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 excited for the growth that's about to take place here. 
Shannon, you always got some cool projects in the works, yes? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, Johnny, I mean, he has, we have a lot of stuff together we're working on. I mean, we got uh, Very cool. all kinds of things in the works. And, um, you know, Dark Running Films, you know, it's we always work on things. I mean, I see Allie sitting there. We still have to get to Allie's film at some point. She's got an awesome yes. film. But, um, you know, we got, yes. we got some things, uh, you know, yeah, you know, we got some Adventures of Superhuman. That's kind of the works is more of a comedy action thing. But like how we just described it. It's a mix of uh, Jackass, Road Trip, and Napoleon Dynamite, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, we, we actually, Johnny and I, when we were in Florida, we, we went over and saw this guy who was the main focus of Superhuman. We actually went to his house and filmed a stunt there. We had yes, that's got Shannon, you actually showed me some <laughs> clips that uh, yeah. our buddy Lion Beck with some Mortal Kombat screen. I remember he showed me some clips of that. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, we yeah, got, very um, cool. you know, our, our 13 Colchester, uh, which is... Uh, Bunny Man film. We we got a lot of things, and Johnny can talk about a lot of the other stuff we got. We just got a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. It's just really a matter of what comes first, you know. And we right. focus on what, yeah. what is uh, what you know. It, it's like anything else. It, it's what where's all the hype and what the project is the best to do now versus later. But the good thing is we have, you know, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know how many slate of films to get to, but a lot wow. of stuff. Wow, so you like to call it. Five, you like to call it a five <laughs> slate, right? Five. Yeah, five, five film slate. Yeah, yeah five film slate. Yeah. That's the bag. So that's in addition to that, you had a recent um, co-star on uh, Outer Banks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah Chachi yeah, is a right. huge yeah, yeah. Outer Banks fan. Chachi, you've seen every episode, right? <laughs> I have, yes. Yes. Good. Well, definitely a great show. Tune into a, I can't say that it's going to be a season three, but if there is, I might be there. I can't say much, but... Uh, the okay. scene that you saw is pretty much a debut. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's more of that character, but I can't say right. if season three is still happening. I, can't see much. But, um, I just finished a guest starring on A Haunting. Nice. And, uh, I'm on hold for two films. And then, like Shannon said, we've got a lot of pieces that we're putting together for a couple a couple films we want to shoot in the winter. One in Atlantic City. Right. Yeah, we'll see what's up, man. All right. Uh, and Raven busy. Tree. Raven Tree. Where can we find everything on Raven Tree? Yeah, so we've got, uh, we just released uh, the first single off our new album yesterday on all streaming platforms, and uh, if anybody's interested in checking that out. And then the uh, full album is going to be released the same week as our Baltimore premiere of Harvey. So it, it, things have really kind of worked out well for that, and we're going to be attending the, uh, the Baltimore premiere, and then we'll see where 2022 takes us. All right, awesome. Chachi, you wanted to add something? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I thought I talked to you for a second. <laughs> no, well, guys, no. this, well, uh, guys, this is tremendous. Johnny Alonzo, we have Shannon Lanier, Darius Autry, Mike McCann, and Kevin. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us here on Below the Belt Show. Talk a little bit of Harvey and, of course, the official Facebook page, facebook.com slash Harvey the film. Make sure you check it out for all the updates on the film and uh, where we can see it. Hopefully, everyone will get to see it. Oh yeah, well, it's going to be everywhere, like Johnny said. I know that, like said, so we can't tell everybody where it's going to be, but it's going to be everywhere. Awesome, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thank you guys. All right, guys. Thank Thank take care, guys. guys. Thanks, we'll see you soon. Bye, man. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Hey. All right. All right. All right. That was Team Harvey, guys. 
Awesome. Yeah. Really good trailer. Looking forward to seeing it. Oh, the trailer was dope, man. It's really good. Yeah. Looking forward to checking it out. So uh, Shannon's stuff is always really good. Shannon Lanier. Uh, so talented. Quality, quality filmmaker, editor. He does it all. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was great to talk to the team. Um, but yeah, uh, actually, a little later in the program, guys, we have an incredible celebrity guest that will be joining us, guys. Uh, if you're familiar with the Karate Kid films. If you're familiar with Cobra Kai, then you will probably know who Tony O'Dell is. He played Jimmy, uh, and uh, he's going to be a part of Monster Mania, which is a horror pop culture con in Oaks, PA. Monstermania.net is the place to be uh, to check out uh, all the information. A lot of celebrity guests are going to be there. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to have Tony O'Dell a little later on the program from Cobra Kai and, uh, the Karate Kid franchise is all, he also is best known for his role on head of the class as Alan, the preppy. (laughs) And uh, they actually just dropped some news that, uh, Robin Givens will be reprising her role in head of the class on HBO max. So it looks like it's going to be kind of follow the same suit as uh, Cobra Kai and be like a sequel series. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah. So let's just drop a couple uh, entertainment headlines while uh, <laughs> we are uh, uh, before we bring on Tony. So here we go. With the Hollywood Report. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. All right. <laughs> Lots of stuff going on in world entertainment, guys. So, uh, well, you know what? Before we get into Hollywood entertainment, well, let's talk about local entertainment because I was I completely passed my mind last week that we forgot to promote the premier festival in the DMV. That's the Renaissance Festival. And um, the Renaissance Festival is your chance to become your favorite lord and lady of house, whatever you want. Uh, and uh, takes you back to medieval times. Uh, you see jousting. You see wenches serving beer. Uh, you, <laughs> you see everything that you loved about the medieval era. You see some theater performances. Um, you can eat a turkey leg like a carnivore. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Steak on a steak. Steak on a steak. That was my favorite. I was so sad I couldn't go. Just yeah. not medium rare anymore, Allie. <laughs> you no, know, steak you can have medium rare. Steak it is cooks okay on medium. the outside with the ground beef. Yeah. You can't the way it's cooked. There's gotcha. no, you can't like yeah, but steak you uh, can. Well, I, I, mean, I actually wore a Burger King mask to the Renaissance Festival. Like no I offense, I thought that Allie. was you in the photo. Yeah. No, no offense, <laughs> to you, Allie, but yes. Well, we attempted to have a B2B social at the uh, <laughs> at the Renaissance Festival, um, but I guess schedules could online for everybody. But nonetheless, we'll try again in Christmas, guys. But RenFest.com, only two more weekends left to um, check out the Renaissance Festival if you want to uh, before it's gone till next year. So uh, yeah, next two weeks are probably going to be the best weather of the whole season because it's yeah. probably going to be cool. It's probably going to be like fall weather. So mm-hmm. definitely you know, get out and check it out. It was a few years ago. Remember, I um, actually ran into you and Susan, or Susan, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, at the Renaissance Festival. Yep. 
I really yeah. wanted to go. Well, you got two more. When you guys went, I still you got couldn't, two like, more. You got two more weekends walk. to go, Allie. Yeah. You think it's possible? Possibly. I don't know. But definitely buy your tickets ahead of time online because yeah. it does sell out. So don't expect to get to the door to buy tickets. My mother, mother-in-law, and father-in-law actually got to go for free because um, they're over. Uh, there's one one of the days. Um, if you're over, like I think. 60 you can go for free okay That's cool. um i can't it's one of the days like in the beginning um which is cool awesome and before we get into uh, entertainment uh news um vanessa meadows it's it's really good to have you back on btv oh, hey. what, what's what's the latest with vanessa oh my gosh uh you know i took i decided to take a break from the youtube channel i started it it's so funny you're asking me this. Uh, I started it right as the pan- pandemic hit. Right. Um, I figured, you know, it's mainly about helping people get through it with stress and anxiety hacks, which I use every day. But it can also help me stay in front of the camera, work on my editing, my filming, all that stuff. So to me, it it was, um, you know, not necessarily just me dropping my career, but adding to it and helping people, which... I want my career to be about anyway. Um, and I decided to take a break about a month ago to sort of just refigure stuff out um, because things are starting to open up now. People That's are right. more. I have music I want to work on, you know. Um, oh, good. And how about the stage? Well, so I'm still not sure what I want to do. <laughs> okay. You know, but I mean, that's okay. okay. I think when you're a creative, like all of us are here, you know, mm-hmm. it can look differently at different stages in your life. And you just kind of have to get in touch with that, that pull that you have in you, that instinct. But you also have to do what they said in the interview that we just did. You kind of have to figure out where the hype is and figure that out for yourself. And so I'm trying to figure out that right now. But thanks to you, I did get in touch with Rick who you suggested I get in touch with for my yes. And I am working with him on producing. Rick Peters of The Perfects. Yes. Yeah. And yes. I He's amazing. Like, I am really thoroughly enjoying working with him. Oh, that's so, so good to hear. That's, uh... So, yeah, that will be in the near future. Fingers oh, crossed. Oh, wow. I, I can't wait yeah. to hear a collab between you and Rick. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, he's a really great guy. So, thank you. All right. Well, just a quick little update on me. Um, I went to the New York Comic Con uh, on Friday and Saturday. Got to attend some really cool panels. That's another thing. People talk about things opening up. The New York Comic Con is back after going in the dark in 2020. So it was good to see, which is my favorite con. I think it's just uh, in terms of just the, the guests and the panels and just everything just the of the the. The, the con is a, on that scale. Nothing yeah, really it's, compares it's the best one for to fans. New York Comic Con. And uh, I'll be happy to let you guys know I got a sneak peek of Ghostbusters Afterlife. <gasps> That's awesome. As, as part I of, wanna... yeah, as part of uh, the panel, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife panel, the entire cast, uh, with the exception of Paul Rudd, was uh, in attendance. Um, Did Bill but... Murray show up? Pardon? Did Bill Murray show up? 
that's a spoiler, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Panel. None, none of the OGs were there. It was uh, okay. Jason Reitman and Ivan Reitman, which is awesome. Okay. Carrie Coon, um, Finn Wolfhart, McKenna Grace, and uh, uh, the rest of the young cast. So mostly the younger cast, okay. which, um, again, I got really big Stranger Things vibes from the film. And disclosure, yeah. I was only able to watch the first half of the film. Uh, because I had um, tickets for the New York Film Festival to check out Parallel Mothers, which is an incredible film, which people say may have Oscar Oscar contention for some of the performances in that film. But really quick, back to Ghostbusters. You know what? It's, it was just a great feel-good movie, guys. I mean, it's um, granted, you're going to have to wait an hour before any ghosts appear. You're going to have to get a little bit of the backstory of a of um, some of the OGs and, of course, develop the new characters, which, as you know, uh, it's the daughter of how Harold Remus's character. Right. Um, yep. Um, Egon. And um, Egon. their grandkids. Egon, yeah, and his grandkids. Yeah. Um, and um, Egon had passed away. They, so the actor that played Egon, and Harold Remus had passed away, and Egon also passed away, left... His family, his um, abandoned house, like, you know, on a dirt farm, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> uh, which is pretty much uh, uh, far apart from any society. Um, and, of course, yes, discovering some of old artifacts of, of Ghostbusters uh, past. Some old technology was discovered in that uh, house. And uh, as you can imagine... Bringing out old technology might bring a couple of the old <laughs> ghosts, maybe that were a part of that technology. I don't know, um, but uh, a fantastic. Well, you pretty much see a lot of that stuff in the trailer. Yeah, I'm the trailer to, looks. I'm trying to tell yeah. you guys this without spoiling it. Yes, yes. Right. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, you see the mini stay puffs in the trailer. You see mm -hmm. like the. Um, you know the ghosts back, come back. But... Yes, you know the ghosts come right. back. But... You see but it, one you trailer. See one. Yeah, and you like the trailer, Allie? It looked so good. And that's the thing. What, the thing about the trailer is that uh, it, it really just gives you that nostalgic feeling that the 2016 Ghostbusters film that they tried to reboot did not give you. Um, right. So um, you're going to – I think fans of the original Ghostbusters movie uh, is really going to enjoy this film, guys. You know, So um, it was just great to hear just the, the, the relationship that the father and son of – Ivan Reitman and, and, and Jason Reitman had during that panel and you know awesome. how Jason was pretty much just uh, thanked his dad for everything and of course he he is the one responsible for for the for the franchise you know there there would not be a Ghostbusters movie without without I, Ivan Reitman so um so so was the audience pretty much into the movie yeah so the audience part you saw cool Yep, yep. Not 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 a single person seemed to have left the film, and sadly, I I did halfway through because of the uh, other film. But uh, if I thought that you thought it sucked, maybe. <laughs> no, I I was I was so dis. You know, I was like a lady. That guy hated it. The thing was, I knew that if they're only showing us clips, and the panel ended at seven thirty, let's just say, I had plenty of time to make it over to Alice Tully Hall uh mid you know midtown uh by 9 p.m i had an hour and a half so but then by 7 30 they show us the film we're getting to like 8 15 8 30 it's like i gotta get up to alice tully hall or i'm gonna be late for this other film project so you should have stood up you should have stood up and like where's melissa mccartney at in this left 
and walked out and never came <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. funny. That is hysterical. That is hysterical. But no, it's um, you know, I I'll tell you, man, uh you know, that was cool. But l- real quick on um Parallel Mothers. Um, this was such a powerful film, guys. Um, and that's a thing, you know, some there's so much great creative films out there that are not necessarily American films. We saw that in Parasite and the crazy the crazy hit on Netflix right now is the series Squid Game. So Parallel Mothers is a Spanish movie about two mothers um, with just completely different backstories. Um, One is a very young mother in her late teens, early 20s that has a baby. And one played by Manalpa Cruz is an older woman who gets pregnant and wants a baby because she's never had one. She's ready to have a baby. Um, but they, it turns out there's a lot more in common with both of these mothers, as you think. There's a hell of a twist um, in that uh, film uh, without giving too much away, but it seems like both the mothers form this relationship, whether it's more than plutonic. You'll just have to watch the film. But uh, I'll tell you, it's just remember how crazy the Gone Girl twist was. You're just like, oh, my God, that was my favorite. I'm like, I read the book and that twist, like the twist is crazy, right? This is a very twist. This has this kind of twist. This movie has this kind of twist. And I don't want to say it here on the air. Yeah, I I won't say here on Below the Belt. It's it's just too much. Parallel Mothers with Penelope Cruz. Um, It's a Spanish language film. It's completely subtitled. But it closed the New York Film Festival. That's awesome. Amazing. Um, but some other highlights, I got to see the boys retrospective. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that these um, foreign films are um, gaining popularity in this country because of, um, you know, maybe it's going to kick um, Hollywood in the ass and, like, they're going to stop doing all these remakes and reboots. You know, pointless. Sequels. Yeah. yeah yes. sequels Unoriginal like yeah. ideas. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I tell you, that story was just so just it just blew me away, guys. So um, I highly recommend it, guys. That twist. I mean, I love crazy twists, you know, so uh, just just like WTF. Holy shit. Twist, you know, um, the best. but I won't say anything more. Um, but another couple highlights includes the boys retrospective panel for seasons one and two. Um, we got most of the boys cast on stage. They did not talk about season three. It was a retrospective. I guess they're really not supposed to talk about season three. But me, the journalist that I am, I had to ask in person to one of my favorite actresses uh, that played um, Starlight. I uh, had to ask her, hey. what can you tell us about the hero gasm storyline? She said, shocking, in one word, shocking. So, but right. nonetheless, we will get into our. Next special guest that's on the line right now, guys. Um, wow. He's an actor extraordinaire from the Karate Kid film franchise. He also appeared in season two of Cobra Kai, reprising his role as Jimmy, uh, one of the OG Cobra Kais. We have actor Tony O'Dell. Tony, How you guys doing? Good to have you hey, on the Tony. Yeah, it's it's uh, great to be here. Good to have you, Tony. Good to have you, yeah. Hey, so you know, it's not my bedtime yet. <laughs> I know. In, LA, in LA, it's a little earlier, so that's good. Right. That's a good yeah. thing. 
<laughs> if you're on the East Coast time, it might be a different story, like some of us. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I hit the sack pretty early these days, you know. It's getting darker <laughs> earlier. So I, you know, if I start to sit on the couch to watch a movie at 8 o'clock, I'm done. <laughs> well, uh, Tony, we definitely have to talk about, for those of us in the uh, Pennsylvania and Maryland area, in Oaks, PA, uh, we got a Cobra Kai reunion with you and ron thomas who plays bobby one of the og cobra kai and of course you got some of the new cast the new blood of cobra yeah, kai yeah peyton we list. have jacob uh, bertrand and and um peyton list peyton list is doing it too i mean it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a blast oh yeah very very cool so we gotta talk about how, how first of all your thoughts on cobra kai um we think it's like one of the greatest reinterpretations of an 80s franchise um and it really is a sequel because it's you know you bring in the ogs from the original film franchise and paying respect which is very important we we myself and chachi we really think it's one of the best sequels I think the best. yeah or even and the best honest with you i don't know if there has ever been like well i don't think you guys can correct me if you want um i don't think that there's ever been like a movie that came back as a series 37 years later ever <laughs> i don't think so. i don't think that's ever been there's done. been other movies but uh, maybe not too many tv shows other correct. movies but to come back as a sequel 37 years later um and my take on it is i think um hayden and josh and john the creators the writers of the show i think they have done an absolute incredible job at at basically just bringing this story forward 37 years later they have the same feel they have the same vibe the the music of course you have your 80s music and stuff the music is great um but it's just awesome how they have now gotten into johnny's backstory and they've made him a real kind of you know, human flawed, you know, this, this flawed person. And um, I was thrilled with what they did with my character, Jimmy, who, you know, only had two lines in um, Karate Kid. And most people always think I, I didn't just because one's up on the, you know, on the hill on the cliff. And when I say my line, it's the cameras on, they chose Billy's reaction to my line. And then the other arm dressed right. as a skeleton at the fence. So who right. really knows what I'm saying? <laughs> but they did, they did my character Jimmy such justice, and it's interesting because when John Avildsen first cast me, there was only going to be four Cobra Kais. So just so everybody knows, there was only going to be Johnny, Tommy, Bobby, and Dutch. He had only picked four, and I auditioned for him, and he said, you know, I was only going to have four, but I'm going to add you and make you the fifth. And wow, wow. That, that, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Didn't really know what it meant. None of us knew what Karate Kid was going to become, but. He said, I'm going to make you the fifth. Now, you have a very young, boyish kind of look, so I'm going to make you the tag-along. So yeah, I'm going to be back there, you know, like the wannabe, right? Yeah. And what he, what they did now in in Cobra Kai, they're like, I think they just literally, they did it perfectly. It's like, what would a wannabe? If he was a wannabe, he's kind of a nice guy. Okay, we're going to make Jimmy. He's married now. He has two kids. Right. You know, and it was perfect with, with what they did with Ron Thomas, who played Bobby, because, you know, he was the one in Karate Kid who was like, 
you know, n- no sensei, I-, I can't, I can't do that. You know, he's had enough. Right. You know, and the voice of reason, the voice of reason. And now they made him a pastor. Yeah. Yes. It was just like, they literally yeah. just took, okay, yes. these characters, let's take those characters and let's bring them to light and, and let's, you know, evolve them 37 years. And I think what they've done with the series is absolutely Phenomenal. And now you have your Karate Kid fans, the older parents who have seen the movie, who are turning their kids on the Karate Kid. But now there's the younger generation. So now the younger generation can also watch Cobra Kai and enjoy it. It's not just a bunch of um, of us old fogies. Yeah, and like that's, normally, that's right. Normally these sequels or like remakes or whatever, normally they make the original um, property worse because they kind of ruin it. This actually uplifted Karate Kid in the series because it gave his whole entire backstory that Karate Kid never had time to do because it's only like an hour and a half to two hour movie. Right. And now these characters are all fleshed out. You know, you understand why they did what they did. You understand why Johnny had, um, you know, was kind of like a bully because he had this horrible stepfather who was a bully mm-hmm. to him. And like, um, it really just, it really elevated the whole franchise, which shed I some light. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, they've really joke, just really know? taken everything and just, you know, just this, the character development for mm-hmm. everybody has been phenomenal. And these guys are such great writers. You know, these guys were all, they were all going to law school together. They were buddies in law school and they were like, you know what? Let's, let's ditch life uh, law school and just let's, we're, we're going to become writers. We're going to write. You know, they were karate kid fanatics. They were karate kid Mm -hmm. buffs. And that's why Billy and Al and pitch different types of stories and opportunities uh, you know, remakes of Karate Kid. And, and I think Billy and Ralph through the years have been like, no, no, you know, they really wanted to just maintain what Karate Kid was. And they were all and obviously just wanted to keep it. Just keep it, you know, classy and respectful, yeah. everything that, that that movie was and not do some schlocky. And they knew when they read this, they were like, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you so, were in the um, 2007 music video by the um, No More Kings, Sweep the Leg. Yeah. You think that you think that led to um, having um, Cobra Kai created? Because that was kind of like, you know, where is Johnny now? What is he doing? That was. Um, you know, it, it might it might have um, it might have. But I know that that the topic has come up, you know, throughout the years of there being right. a re- or whatever maybe this was a little bit of a a precursor a little bit of a just a little taste you know enough to ignite a few minds and and um i don't know how long hayden and john and josh had been working on this Uh, i don't even know if they had any connection to no more kings or any of that but i'm glad we're here and um i love it and for me it's just been amazing to be able to still have this incredible experience 37 years later and when we did Cobra Kai and we're all sitting in the bar scene and we're in between scenes and we're looking at each other it felt so weird I mean granted Chad wasn't (laughs) there but yeah it felt so weird because we're looking at each other and it's like wow it's literally like we haven't stepped off the set in 37 years. Wow. We just look a little bit older, but just a little bit older. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. Not a lot. Yeah. So, so Tony, you get the call from the producers to reprise your role. What's going on through your mind? 
um, it's just kind of, it, it was just mind boggling. Um, I had yeah. heard, you know, that they were going to be calling and we were kind of trying to get a, they were getting the deal in place and all that. And I was working on set, um, coaching for Disney Channel on a show called Sydney to the Max. And they're like, okay, awesome. well, they're going to be calling. So can you free yourself up for the phone call? And I did. And they were just, they couldn't have been nicer. And they're like, Tony, we, we got you. We're going to develop your character. We're going to give, you know, if you ever thought that Jimmy didn't have a voice, Jimmy's going to have a voice. Yes. And I love it. Naysayers said, oh, you, you know, he only had, didn't have any lines or whatever. He goes, he goes, no, they said, you're, you're going to have a lot to do. You're going to have uh, yeah. edicts. You're going to have comedic stuff. You're going to have fun stuff. You're going to have a bar fight. You're going to, yes. you, yep. you guys can have a lot of scenes. And I was just, um, Afterwards, I just thanked them so much and just said thank you for giving Jimmy wow. a, a voice and so and you didn't have to audition, Tony. You didn't have to audition. They just called you and offered you uh, the reprisal role. Correct. Awesome. I guess they were really trusting that I could still act. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely did. They hey, they went out on a limb. <laughs> like them. You know, and, and and I think they knew that obviously they knew that I had done head of the class for after um after uh, Karate Kid. Of course, I went and did the famous movie Chopping Mall. Which oh I'm yeah, yeah. Um, which fortunately wasn't months. the death of my, wasn't the death of my career. But <laughs> then I then I got head of the class and I did you know head of the class for five years, 114 episodes. So they knew that I also had the comedy side to me and so many of the shows i coach on um are sitcoms i coach on secrets of sulfur springs which is more of a you know a teenage spence mystery on disney channel and disney plus i coach on that show um but they just knew that i have so much background in yes you know in acting and coaching and um you know i coached zendaya for 11 years and Zendaya has gone on to do phenomenal things and really? started, off with, her, awesome. started off with her on Shake It Up in 2000 and, uh, 2010, I think. And now she's an Emmy winner, wow. winner because of you. For you for um, not, well, I, I'd like to think that maybe had a, a, a something to, to do with it. I know that Sam, <laughs> who's the creator and the writer and the director of Euphoria, does amazing things with her. And um, yes. I think for Euphoria, all she and I did was read uh, the, you know, the table, uh, the table draft together before she went and started. Um, um, and I, you know, I did coach her for, you know, screen tests for, for, you know, Greatest Showman and all that other stuff. So, I there, there's a, there's a piece of me there. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just so Very proud good. of her. I'm proud That's of her. Awesome. She's her. She's her own lady now. Very cool. Well, I mean, before we get to have the class and chopping ball and stuff. Um, Last year, we unfortunately lost uh, Rob Garrison, who played um, Tommy mm -hmm. in Cobra Kai. Um, what was it like um, working with Tommy again, and and plus him dealing with um, real life cancer um, um, during that shooting? So first of all, to get together with with you know Ron and Billy and Rob, um, Rob and I have always were always close. Billy and Rob were always incredibly close. Um, and so it was phenomenal for all of us to be together. But one thing that um, I want to definitely make clear, and we just did this when we did um, when we did uh, Texas, big Texas con this last weekend. 
they asked the same thing about Rob being sick, and Rob was not sick during Cobra Kai. He was not sick at all. And it's understandable people would think that, and I think partly is because he played sick and, Mm -hmm. you know, and so – and maybe that there's some confusion there, but Rob was perfectly fine. He wasn't oh, wow. sick. Yeah. It wasn't until nine or 10 months later or a year later that he actually got pneumonia. Hmm. Um, he got sick. He went to the hospital and they said, okay, you got a pretty bad case of pneumonia. And then that pneumonia just kept getting worse and then i think they had to put him i I think on a respirator and uh billy was kind of calling me and giving me updates because billy was talking with his sister uh and then i do i did hear that uh, that maybe they did discover some other things um but by that time it was it was too late but he 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 um he was perfectly fine during Cobra Kai. We had a blast. We all went out to dinner and had fun. And you know, um, he and I talked countless times after after that. Uh, he had really wanted. He would really was really hoping that Tommy was going to be able to go back. But oh man, you know, and, and sadly, I think, I think that kind of in a way that jilted him maybe because you know of what happened to him in the episode. And, mm-hmm. but you know, the guys, uh, had life imitating art actually yeah. out of having his character actually come back in a dream that, that Johnny has, Oh wow! you know, just wow. because someone's necessarily, or they kill a character or whatever, doesn't necessarily, you know, there's lots of different ways someone can come Absolutely. back in a flashback or in a dream or whatever. And, um, yep. Yep. unfortunately, you know, unfortunately that, that didn't happen. And it's, it's just hard because he's. You know, he's one of the five. Definitely. And sadly, We're definitely also, sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. And life sadly imitating art because, yeah, his character of Tommy passed away in Cobra Kai. And sadly, we lost uh, Rob Garrison. Um, well, I, we got to talk about Head of the Class because HBO Max just announced that Robin Givens is returning to the HBO Max. Uh, I'm guessing now a sequel series similar you know, with, with Cobra Kai, you know, um, years later, getting another uh, uh, series. Um, what can you tell us about the possibility of Alan, your character, Alan? Well, they shot on- they shot the 10 episodes. So I know okay. that, that season is done. OK, um, I you know, I have talked to Robin and I do know that um, that she did, I think, one or two episodes, which is awesome. Um I do know, though, that, you know, head of the class, it has the title, but I don't even think it's not at Fillmore High and the characters are not the same. They're all brand new characters. You know, it's not an older teacher. It's I forget the actress's name. I know she's like 24, 25. Um, But there's nothing about it that is really the same as head of the class other than there. I think some gifted students in an IHP program. Okay. But um, not the same school, not the same characters. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, how I, how it goes. I actually have friends who work on the show. I have one who's one of the, the head writers and I have another friend who did costumes for the show. So, oh, cool. uh, you know, I hope it does well. And who knows? I don't I don't if I went back, I certainly don't think I'd be back as Alan. I don't think that Robin 
went back as Darlene. I, oh, read no. that she, okay. I read that she came back as Darlene and as a lawyer. That's what I read oh, in the okay. article. Oh, so maybe she did. Okay. Yeah. So which means that well, this you know, it, 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 it makes sense that you've done more homework than I have. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Because what, what yeah, kind of future? Maybe, and you... I guess she maybe she did. Um, yeah. I, never, I never even thought to ask her. You know, did you play Darlene? The only thing I asked her is, hey, when I'm doing interviews, can I talk about the fact that you did? Can I talk about the fact that you did it? Because I didn't want to do, you know, have it be a spoiler. Right. Yeah. They just actually just released this article the other day. So, yeah, uh, which I think is great timing. <laughs> Fantastic. But where do you think Alan, like if Alan came back on the show, what do you think would be best for his character? Well, you know what Alan was like, right? Yeah, he was a preppy, was staunch, preppy. Um, Republican, mm-hmm. loved Ronald Reagan, and completely socially inept. <laughs> He's the kind of person that would go up to someone and say, you know, I can tell that you have so much life experience. Now, I can tell by all the lines on your face. <laughs> you know, he, he just, he was completely socially inept. Um, I think that Alan went off to Harvard, and I think his brain blew up and he became a stoner. Okay. <laughs> Could be running like a tech company or anything. <laughs> I can see that. Maybe, maybe, but I I always <laughs> thought that if they let me come back as Alan or Alan, you know, I would almost would have wanted to bring back Alan as almost like Charlie Moore, oh. <laughs> just this cool dude, or just like I said, this guy who he was so driven to get to Harvard and right, um, you know, uh, and he was so like. He was so pathetic because he was so just kind of he was just so like above or thought he was above everybody and and really had that kind of that attitude about him. And I would have liked to have seen him get shit on a few times. And, <laughs> can I say that on the show? Oh, can you I can say, say whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, below the belt show. You can shoot below okay. the belt. I just want to see if I, you know, it would have been good for Alan to get shit on a few times and maybe get his ass kicked. <laughs> um, in a bar by some of the Cobra Kai's and yes, yes, I and, love it. And maybe have just like kind of chilled out and like I said, yeah, maybe he's like a a stoner or something. I don't know, but um, I wouldn't have wanted to bring him. I, I I wouldn't have wanted him to be the same. I would have wanted to be, have fun with him, you know. Okay, definitely. So I have a I have a quick question. It's about Cobra Kai. Uh, well, I think I have two. One is. Did you know how to do karate before the Karate Kid? So, Excellent question. Um, and how did being in the Karate Kid change your life? Did you notice an immediate shift or was it sort of over time you sort of noticed that perhaps it was or was not helping you? I can't imagine that it, it wouldn't have. Okay, great questions. Um, I did not know karate before I got Karate Kid. Uh, like I said, I auditioned for John Avildsen. He loved what I did as an actor, and he decided he was going to make me the fifth. I did not go in and having any karate experience. Ron Thomas, I think, was a, a second-degree black belt. Now Ron's a sixth-degree black belt. Chad McQueen had a lot of fighting experience due to his relationship with Pat Johnson and his father, um, Steve McQueen. Uh, Billy trained for the movie. I trained for the movie. Rob trained for the movie. Uh, we did not have any um, any fighting experience whatsoever. 
And in terms of what it did for me, you know, it was just so great to be able to walk into casting offices after Karate Kid. And that can only but help being on your resume when they know that you've done a movie as big as Karate Kid mm-hmm. with the director, John Avildsen. Um, you know, and you go into the an office like head of the class and, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're one of the Cobra Kais. Wow, great. You know, it just... I tell that to all my clients too. The more you can get on that resume, and and have and and have them see that you're current, that you're working, and that you have something, they have something great to talk about with you when mm-hmm. you're in the office. And oh, yeah. you know, and let's not forget, you know, the, the residuals uh, from Karate Kid. Heck been, yeah! They've been they've been kind of they've kind of been a blessing. They've been a blessing. Yeah. If partly, you know, this is the home that was I in this home when I did Karate Kid? No, I was in this home. Uh, on the second season of Head of the Class, but it's all been a, you know, this home is all a part of of that. And um, I love it. I just have so much, you know, gratitude for for Karate Kid, Head of the Class, uh, for the things that have really been amazing stepping stones in my life, learning experiences. I've formed friendships for life and um, they've just done a lot for me. How was it working with John Avildsen? I I was able to interview him a few years ago, and he was such a kind, quiet, almost grounded person. I would have loved to have worked with him. Um, How did you, how did working with him help you in the film? He just had such great direction. He was, you know, extremely professional, very concise. He knew what he wanted. Um, there wasn't, you know, wasn't a lot of screwing around on set. You know, you're working with the director who just came off of Rocky. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Um, he probably learned how to punch a bit too when he was doing that. Movie, so <laughs> you don't want to mess with him. But you know, I remember times, you know, if 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 um, if there was something that you know, not cross John, but just uh, you know, John just had a way of just giving a look. And it's just like, that's not going to happen. I remember, I think Ron tells the story better than I do. I think it was like three or four o'clock in the morning. We were all exhausted. It was one of the dojo scenes where we're all doing, you know, the whole, all the whole dojo practice. And then Ralph comes in in the back with Miyagi. And it was like three, I mean, Daniel, yeah, Daniel and Miyagi. And, and I think it was like three or four o'clock in the morning. We were filming in a, in a place that was on Lancashire here in North Hollywood, mm-hmm. it was like three or four in the morning. And we all just decided that on one of the takes, when he says, when Cree says, you know, gentlemen, fall into place. I, that, you know, you, that we would all take our, all take our positions in the class. And all of us just fell. We, we all worked it out that we were all just going to fall forward <laughs> flat on our feet. Man. <laughs> Because it was three or four o'clock in the morning. Right. We were dead tired. And John Avildsen walked up after and you know, had a little bit of smirk on his face. And he said, very funny, gentlemen. Very funny. Don't do it again. Yeah. That was amazing. I love it. Like, Don't do it again. Yeah. You mentioned you mentioned um, Chad McQueen who played um, Dutch. We have yet to see him in Cobra Kai. Was there any talk about bringing him in when you guys um, 
got together or yes are they, they 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 wanted to get chad i know he had obligations and things i know he has a mcqueen racing team that's in palm springs um okay. he's still very involved in racing um and i know that there was talking getting him in that episode and it couldn't happen and i think there's still talk about possibly you know him getting in there uh some way somehow um he's a busy guy and he's very involved with the racing and um you know i don't know how much i don't know how important acting is to him now um i haven't talked to him i actually haven't seen him since the premiere of uh karate kid that was done with will smith and jaden ah. okay i haven't seen him since that premiere and to be honest with you when I saw him at that premiere, I hadn't seen him since we finished the movie. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. So, of course, uh, season four of Cobra Kai drops uh, New Year's Eve, I believe. Um, is there anything you could tell us about the return of the OGs, the original Cobra Kais, and when, if we can expect them in season four or other seasons the only thing i can tell you is there's gonna be a season four <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we're super excited now earlier you mentioned um chopping mall are you surprised at how much of a cult following that movie has now after all these years i actually am surprised um but i'm actually really digging it and i just think that we have to, it, it also has to be redone because all of the rest of my career has been rebooted. There you uh, go. That's more work. My career has been mm -hmm. one big reboot. I mean, <laughs> Karate yes. Kid, Head of the Class. Head of the Class, yeah. And I think Jim Wynorski, the director of Chopping Mall, actually um, has tried to work on some ideas for a reboot and has run it by the studio. Um, and so I know there's some fans out there that would love to see it. Um, I, I think it'd be so easy to say that, that, um, that could come up with, you know, she and I got married after the end of chopping mall, we got married and, and there's, there's so many ways you can go with it. Um, so who knows, but it's so, it's so fun. And, it's just a crack. So of 80s. Mode. So, huh? It's so, so 80s. I love it. Like the scene, like the, the mall scene. Was that, was that the Sherman Oaks Galleria? It was. Mall? It was the Sherman Oaks okay. Galleria. The exterior yes, I've been. Was, the, was the Beverly Center was the exterior. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, 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 so where they also filmed um, Fast Times. So it was a very 80s. It's, it's awesome seeing the stores in the background. It's awesome. Like, you know, this having like, the raunchy, like, you know, sex type of horror movie. I used to see <laughs> back in the day, which I love. Um, just a really um, enjoyable film if you haven't seen it yet. I did an absolute terrible horror film before, I think somewhere along the, the, the ways, uh, it was called Evils of the Night. Okay. And it star, it was with uh, John Carradine. Oh, wow. Aldo Ray, Neville Brand, Julie Newmar, and Tina Louise. Okay. <laughs> I died in the movie being lasered by Tina Louise's laser ring. <laughs> that is wild i love it's been it. a very it's been a very interesting career awesome well, well tony wow coaching oh ali yes please sorry do you still um do a lot of coaching as well um or you shifted more to um more acting yourself 
Um, I'm really doing, I'm doing a lot of coaching as well. Um, like I said, I, I was doing Sydney to the max for Disney channel, which just, uh, I think that show is, is going to, is done and I'm doing, um, secrets of sulfur Springs. And I just finished shooting the second season in new Orleans. Um, I love going on a set and working with the cast and, and teaching all these, these young kids, just the, the way to, you know, do their character work and and help them memorizing their their material and showing them just you know the best way to be a an awesome professional actor um i have other clients you know like zendaya is off and she's doing her thing when i see her i see her um you know i just saw her for 25th birthday uh so we'll always be you know we'll always be close and you know, when she needs me, I'm here. Um, That's awesome. I love you. Yeah, we have a great relationship. And but I have other clients, you know, um, one just finished a Nickelodeon show. Another one's on Broadway right now. So I just have um, I have a lot of, you know, not a lot of clients, but the clients are all doing well. And it's um, something I love. I just don't have a lot of time for it, but um, but I love it. I really enjoyed watching um, Sydney to the Max. my daughter loves that show, so we used to watch it all the time. So you it did was, a very good job. It was really fun. Disney Channel's been Aww. really good to me. Like I said, I did, you know, started with Shake It Up with Disney Channel and then coached on the first season of Girl Meets World. And then I did Casey oh, Undercover awesome. with Zendaya. I um, saw you were in a couple episodes of that. And I also hard. did watch Girl. Um, I saw you were in a couple episodes of um, Casey Undercover as well. Yeah, I was in an epi- episode or two of Casey Undercover. I was an episode or two of Shake It Up. So I find I find my way of weaseling into these. Yes, you know, that's awesome. You know, and I and I probably for George Lopez show, which I coached on George Lopez show for five years. You know, I probably did 17 voiceovers for that show as well as a nice. few appearances as well. So and I heard George uh, has a pilot in the works on Amazon. He does have a pilot. I, I I don't know if he has one or he has a couple things going on right yeah, now. Yeah, so you might have to reach out. <laughs> I love it. So well, yeah, Tony, we've been in contact. I texted him when I was in New Orleans, and um, yeah, and I think he's going to be doing this pilot with his daughter Mayan, who yeah. I you know I talk to all the time. I love it. Well, Tony, this is tremendous, man. Uh, thanks so much for uh, talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. Of course, if you're in the Maryland area. The Pennsylvania area, Philadelphia and surrounding areas, New Jersey, monstermania.net is the official website of the ultimate pop horror, pop culture and horror con. I can't wait to go to Monster Mania. Yes, Tony's in the house. It's a fun con. First time, and it's, as the kids say, it's going to be lit. Let's, it's going to be lit. <laughs> it's going to be fire. I love no, I'm just, it. I'm, I'm, I'm really it's going to be. Uh, yeah. yeah, a couple of us will be in attendance. We're going to stop by and say hello. Definitely. That's awesome. I hope you do. Awesome. Well, Tony, before we let you go, if you could let us know who you are, throw out your character from Karate Kid, Cobra Kai. Let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Hi, this is Tony O'Dell. I play Jimmy in Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, and you are listening to Below the Belt Show. Awesome. No mercy. <laughs> no mercy. Strike first, strike hard. No mercy, yeah. sir. Yes. No arigato gozaimasu. <laughs> We're going to loop that all in. I love it. Awesome. Tony, thanks so much. We're going to check you out Monster Mania and, and see you. And and Ron Thomas, Peyton List, uh, Jacob Bertrand, and the rest uh, of the celebrities in attendance. Um, a quick snapshot on the count of three. Oh, yeah, Everybody. sure. Okay. 
One, two, three. Awesome. <laughs> Did it look good? <laughs> yeah. I see great. you guys. I can't see me. But oh, we see you. you look great. You it's think a, it's, it's in a there. Good job because the last podcast I did, they didn't tell me they were shooting it, and you got this. <laughs> <laughs> I looked like I had a really bad case of Bell's palsy, and my face was. You just know what? Crazy. I'm looking at the photo right now. You look amazing, Tony. Okay. I'm okay. I'm doing okay for 85. Yeah. No you Bell's great. palsy. No Bell's palsy. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, Tony, have a great night. Thank you, Tony. All right, you guys, too. Thank you very much. Bye. I enjoy, uh, enjoy Bye. 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 See you guys. Awesome Bye. meeting you. You, too. That was awesome, guys. Dude, Tony wow. Odell. He was great. I so would we, love to work with him. Like, right? you, know, you brought the up the coaching? coaching. The whole time I was like, can I work with him? Like, right? <laughs> He'd be a great Yeah. So we need to take a classic cut break, guys. Woo, it's been on and popping here, guys, for sure. Yeah, nonstop, guys, nonstop. So, uh, yeah, let's start with, uh, yeah, uh, Chachi's classic cut theme. Here we go. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi's. That's right, it's Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's Classic Cut, where each and every week I dig into our archive of cassette tapes, pull out something, usually from the 80s, and play it for your listening um, pleasure. And this week is no different, it's from the 80s again, we are almost upon Halloween here, and everybody's getting real excited, and there's so many great Halloween songs, it's not just thriller there's a lot of um scary songs a lot of songs from different horror movies and this song tonight is actually from friday the 13th part six jason lives and this oh, nice. is by alice cooper it's actually called he's back the man behind the mask and you actually will hear um different sound clips from um friday the 13th in this song and it's a really cool halloween scary slasher type song and actually sounds Really good, not like a lot of the generic songs that you might hear in the horror movies. So this song is from 1986, released in August, along with the movie. This is by Alice Cooper. He's back, the man behind the mask. We'll be back right after the classic cut. Boy, did you see that face? Or was it just a dream? This can't be real, that only happens, baby. Yeah, that was a classic cut. I think it's going to be Halloween uh, the rest of October here on BTB for the next two shows uh, leading up to Halloween because Halloween is the holiday. Of I love October. Halloween. Doesn't yeah, yeah, is Halloween one of the funnest guys? So my much second, fun. Second favorite holiday. Second favorite holiday next to Christmas. Same. Right. I think Same. Christmas and I agreement then Halloween. And it's very close too. It's like it's mm-hmm. totally different. It's a totally different feel. Yes. 
It's like, I still um, need to figure out what to be for Halloween. Like, by, like, I usually by now have, like, started, like, putting my costume together and all of that. And yeah. I still I haven't yet. Have it should be a che- cheeseburger. No. Oh. Definitely not. <laughs> oh, no. Last, well, last always, year, I was a basic could, witch, which was so much fun. A basic witch, but you're always killing it with Wonder Woman. I've actually so, not, oh, no, I have been Wonder Woman for Halloween as well. Yeah, you do great Wonder Woman. Of, so. Thanks. So I'd love to see that again. But anyways, guys, yeah, the movies, the movies, guys. No Time to Die, the 25th official chapter in the the Bond franchise. And of course, that's Daniel Craig's swan song. No surprise that it was the number one movie uh, over the weekend, um, debuting the 56 million uh, over the weekend um, with a crazy budget of $250 million, but uh, that will definitely, definitely surpass that for sure at the box office. But um, I haven't had a chance to see No Time for Die yet, but I know it was the, you know, it was a pandemic-issued um, driven film because it was supposed to be drop in 2020. This film has been completed for the longest time. But yet now audiences are finally able to see it this weekend. Do you guys remember when Daniel Craig was first introduced as Bond? Yeah, that, that was that was a long time ago. That was like, God, he's been Bond for, I think, like 15 years, maybe. Already? I think. Yeah. Just a few years ago. I remember the news coverage. I remember yeah. was like no one knows who he is. Why did they choose him? <laughs> he was 38, and then I think now he's 53. So I think that's 15 years. Wow. I was kind of trying to do the wow. math in my head. So uh, he's been at it for a long time. They haven't even decided on the new Bond yet, but it's no surprise that it's the number one movie. Um, yeah, but um, you know, I'm I'm curious who they're going to cast as the next Bond, but. Um, Idris Elba, that's who I want. You want Idris Elba, really? I do. I think he would be excellent. There was early talks talks about him, but they did did talk about a possible director for the next Bond film, and uh, that's uh, Dune director Denis Villeneuve. Apparently, on a podcast hosted by Josh Horowitz, the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, he said he's a huge Bond fan, and it would be a dream for him to direct a movie in the franchise if he was ever asked. So, uh, yeah, just so you know, and uh, if you're one of the lucky ones in Burbank on Thursday to see No Time to Die at the AMC Theater, Daniel Craig and Rami Malek stopped by and surprised all the uh, the attendees for that screening. So, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that's really, really cool. I finally got to check out Venom, guys, um, the number two movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean... It it was fun, but I don't know. Some people sound like very good. <laughs> some people love the second movie, the second movie better than the first. I'm I'm gonna say really? that I enjoyed the first movie more than the second. Um, yeah, the second same. had some really just like humor that just didn't flow well with the the pace of the movie. Um, but um, you know, of course, the special effects are phenomenal. I mean, Tom Hardy's an incredible actor, but uh, and Woody Harrelson, I don't know. I mean, you know, I I love Woody's work, you know, most of his work, but 
As Carnage, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I feel like another actor might have done the Cletus Cassie role a little more justice, but uh, but yeah, no, yeah. I finally got to see it. I, mean, I didn't hate the movie, but I didn't love it either. It was just, I mean, the best part of the movie I thought was during the credits. Oh yeah. So yes, in the credits, which we did talk about last week, but we'll say it again. We did see Tom Holland in the credits, and that means that the Sony films, which is Venom and Morbius and and you know all those properties, a part of Sony, I guess can now officially tie into MCU because Tom Holland, as you know, is MCU Spider Man, Mm -hmm. and we saw um, Venom. you know, watching TV, Eddie, of course, is alter ego, watching TV at some resort's hotel room. And then he sees J. Jonah Jameson on the screen. And then you see Tom Holland on the screen. And then That's Venom awesome. goes to the TV screen and licks the screen, um, hinting that maybe in the third film we will oh, see. Oh, I'm waiting for the the for to see Andrew Garfield and yes. Tobey Maguire, like I'm like, come so on. That, those are still rumors, oh. Allie. They haven't really, they haven't oh, like. They're, yeah. they're, they're like, are you are you confident they're going to be in the I film? So I'm confident. confident. Even yeah. though they've denied so that they, Andrew Garfield was on, I believe it was Kimmel oh, or, or Fallon. It's so full completely, of shit. I am <laughs> completely denied be, so any involvement shit. in it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In seeing the trailer, when you saw, um, and I think Doc Ock, when you see him, I think he's talking to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, okay. where in the trailer it looks like he's talking to Tom Holland. Okay. Oh, I, I'm very confident, but watch, okay. watch I be wrong, and then I'll... We'll have to wait and see what happens there. The third, fourth, and fifth films are as follows, Adam's Family 2. Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings, still killing at the box office. And the fifth film, which I know Chachi uh, very recently got into, The Sopranos. And, of course, The Sopranos prequel, The Many Saints of Newark. And, guys, um, this is the thing about what's great about our show, Below the Belt Show. Sometimes we get an actor that just is amazing in what they do. They might not be a household name yet. If you heard the opening promo, that was Billy Magnuson. He is a megastar now. We had him. When he was doing soap operas, and he was in my friend's band, Reserve for Rondi. Wow. Now he's in wow. The Many Saints of Newark as young Polly Walnuts. He's in the fucking oh, Bond cool. movie, No Time to Die. Yeah. I mean, the guy was in, Into the Woods as the other prince, and he was the guy's career. And that's the thing, man. You know, you never know. You know. Yeah. On an interview on Below the Belt show, what what will take them into the future? And and uh, let's. If you heard that promo, it was a real fun promo that you heard, uh, yep. you know, dropping F-bombs and saying, don't tell my mom. Yeah. Which, yeah, uh, our dream is always that people get big enough so they don't, don't want to do our show anymore. <laughs> uh, that's our, our dream for all of our guests. Yeah, Billy, yeah. Uh, if, if you're out there, if you're listening, we'd love to have you back on Below the Belt Show, man. Um, but yeah, yeah Chachi, Many Saints of Newark. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I just finished watching Sopranos, like you know, within the last month. I binge watched it, you know, never seen the series before. In preparation so, um, to watch Saints Saints of Newark, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I always wanted That's to watch the movie. I mean, the series, but I just never right. got around to it. You know, and I didn't, I didn't have HBO when it was real popular. But like, um, I thought it was a great series. You know, and I, it really shows you, especially being back then, like 
that it paved the way for stuff like Breaking Bad and stuff. It really pushed yeah. the um, anti-hero type of um, yeah. genre that wasn't really popular um, back then. You know, it mm-hmm. kind of started it all. And then you had Walter White doing the kind of the same thing. Um, the the movie I thought was um, enjoyable. It's more it was like a long episode, you know, which I hope that it springboards to um, a new series. Um, they did a great job with casting. They really got uh, people um, who looked like the um, younger version of the um, characters from The Sopranos. And of course, the one was um, was um, Tony Soprano's um, the actor's um, real actual life son. son. Yeah. So it looks oh, just like, um, like awesome. a carbon copy. Talk um, about great casting. I mean, and, and, yeah. and it's great that he's a good actor because, right. I mean, you can cast him based on nepotism alone, but the fact that the guy's an actual great actor, that really helps. Yeah, so. yeah. So, like, if you didn't watch The Sopranos, you probably won't get much out of the um, prequel movie because there's a see. lot of references to the series. So I wouldn't really even bother if you haven't watched it. But I really did. I do, it, was, it was quick. It was a quick movie. It, left, it, it didn't answer... A ton mm-hmm. of questions so uh, i think they're really holding out hopes to like expand I, it and do more and thanks for mentioning and i was uh, thinking prequel i can watch this movie without watching most sopranos but if you think watching the sopranos will give you a more enjoyable experience that's a good tip a big time yeah because yeah. they reference they reference a lot of stuff in the sopranos and like a lot of the characters and if you don't know who they are it's not going to mean much to you yeah and it was a little struggle at the box office because this is another film that dropped on hbo max and as you know a lot of people would rather you know, watch H, you know, watch the films uh, that drop in HBO Max, and I'm yeah, I'm guilty of that I'm myself. Happy, you know? I saw in the theaters. I'm always happy when stuff comes out to the theaters. I don't think it really needed to come out to the theaters, just being like the type of cause it, it really did feel like a long episode, and you know, and, and the whole series was on HBO. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, wow. Some other movies in production. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Definitely one of my favorite um, movies. They just announced Mm -hmm. Will Poulter of Midsummer will be uh, Adam Warlock. And if you watch the end credits of Guardians 2, you saw that they were, you Mm -hmm. know, hinting at um, the Adam Warlock character to um, to be in the third film. So, yeah, just cast. And if you didn't know, he's British. Will Poulter's British, but plays American in a lot of uh, films. All our fucking jobs. Stealing all our jobs, yeah. yeah. Yes. Timothy Chalamet, who's American, um, he's kind of like the new it actor. Uh, as you know, he's playing um, the Wonka film, the Willy Wonka um, prequel he movie. Prequel. He just uh, dropped on his Instagram um, his costume of uh, Wonka, and on his social media, you can check it out. And uh, I thought it looks pretty cool, and it's a uh, you know, same, yeah, similar um, feel and theme to, you know, Gene Wilder's Wonka in, in, the, in the classic film. So it was cool to see that. So uh, this is going to really take place, like, showing Willy Wonka starting his whole factory and everything. That's what the premise is going to be? Yeah, I mean, the plot details are under wraps. Okay. But it will reportedly explore how Willy Wonka became the illustrious candy maker. So cool. there's... Yeah, and Chalamet will be singing and dancing in the film. So, you know, it was kind of a semi-musical. It wasn't a, pu- a pure musical of a film, the original movie, but this will kind of kind of follow the semi-musical um, aspect of the movie. Great film. I remember re-watching that movie, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, recently because I had an audition for a commercial for, that spoofed. For 
that, <laughs> funny, funny. <Yeah>. That actually, <laughs> a commercial that actually spoofed. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I can't remember the character. Yeah, Mr. Salt or something. Like that. I don't know. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How is Johnny Depp's career doing? Is I haven't heard any yeah. fallout from. Is it, it there has there has been fallout, Vanessa. He actually mm-hmm. is not going to reprise his role in the um, in the uh, Fantastic Beasts uh, third film as mm-hmm. Grindelwald. Um, they actually recast his role. Wow. Um, so until maybe. Um, maybe after some, well, obviously time heals everything, but, uh, there's gotta be some kind of, uh, I don't know. Um, what do you think, Josh? What do you think uh, Johnny Depp needs to, to kind of, uh, uh, get his career back on track, you know? I think it's big enough where he's going to be fine. And a lot of people, he still has a lot of support. So, I mean, if. Somehow Amber Heard never got affected by any of it, even though she That's admitted true. that she like yeah. hit Johnny Depp and and did a petition with like I think it was like over a million signatures wanting her off of the Aquaman two Aquaman sequel, mm-hmm. yeah. And they, but and they she's still uh, attached. Kept her, yeah, they kept her. So like definitely double standard in that aspect. Um, so I see Johnny Depp being back in full swing. Okay. Yeah, um, we just saw a Scream trailer. It looked actually pretty awesome. If you're a fan of the original Scream movies, you'll be happy now. David Arquette's Deputy Dewey's back, and Nev Campbell's <laughs> Sidney Prescott's back, and Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers is back, and uh, yeah, Chuck's they just do a sequel like like eight years ago or something. Like it wasn't yeah, long ago, right? Yeah, that was that was, Scream, back that was Scream Four. This is the fifth Scream. Okay, Four. Oh, okay. okay. A lot of Screams. I've never actually seen any of the Scream movies. <gasps> really? Well. Oh. You have got to watch at least the first one. Oh, yeah, the first uh, one was Halloween iconic. <laughs> you love Halloween, girl. You need it's, to see yes. that. Movie. I love Halloween, but I'm not. I actually don't like horror movies. I oh, like I don't like horror movies. I like I like psychological thrillers. Um, I do love like Haunting of Hill House and like that kind okay. of stuff. But I don't the like blood and gore. Like camp. Yeah, I don't like like the blood and gore type horror. Okay, uh, so but I love Halloween. <laughs> I don't like that stuff either, so I just fast forward. Dexter is one of my favorite shows ever, but I fast forward through the bloody you stuff. Fast forward through the bloody stuff. <laughs> Absolutely, it's that's the whole show, fast. isn't it? <laughs> wow, the writing was so good, but for Scream, uh, the way he played Dewey was actually not how it was written. It was actually written for a tough guy, and he approached them to play it as not a tough guy like it's genius yeah. acting it's really good yeah that. it's david arquette's best role and i'm glad he's, he's back so. and yeah of course chachi you know my favorite's nev campbell yeah, I love oh, yeah. Her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, she, she still looks great yeah yep. i was her hands in house of cards yeah <laughs> i was the i was the pleasure of a hug and kiss at the rap party um <laughs> by nev campbell chachi you saw that didn't you I did see that. Yes, yes. <laughs> on the, on was, the dance floor. That was pretty awesome, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> Even you had to have been impressed. Yeah, definitely. I was definitely impressed. <laughs> All right. Um, so they're doing a gender bend for Hellraiser. Oh, um, the 80s classic Hellraiser, the Pinhead. Remember the Pinhead guys? Yeah. Um, Jamie Clayton. Clive, it was Clive Barker. Yeah, it was Clive Barker. But uh, this. Um, 
gender reverse for this next Hellraiser movie will star Jamie Clayton, who starred in The L Word, Generation Q. Um, so it's a reimagining of Clive Barker's novella. But uh, well, well, I've heard like that in the actual book, it was more of like a female character. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or even right. more andro- androgynous. How do you say it? In- androgynous. Yeah. Androgynous. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, this this, this has pure um, tie-ins to source material. So that that's always uh, that's always good. Um, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see about that one. Um, I miss Jennifer Lawrence. She hasn't been on the big screen in a while. So she's she took some time off, but she's ready for her next film. Um, no Hard Feelings, a coming-of-age dramedy. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence will be. You, you've always had hard feelings watching her movies, haven't you? <laughs> no? Well, after Red Sparrow, yeah, maybe so. Have you seen Red Sparrow movies? She's, uh, she's pregnant, I think. Yeah, I was going to say that. Ah, okay. Um, that that yeah, and I'm guessing that she she actually um, shot this film uh, prior to that. I'm guessing, and uh, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. it yeah, it's um. Actually, it's interesting. Gene Stepnitsky, who co-wrote and executive produced The Office, will be directing it. And um, Stupnitsky actually <laughs> directed Good Boys. Remember Good Boys, the 2019 um, raunchy comedy? Yeah, I was disappointed in that movie. You're just dis- okay. He actually directed that one, so um, we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, Let's see how Jen Lawrence uh, is in that one. And um, phenomenal actor Steve Buscemi is actually going to be directing his next oh, film. Cool. Yeah, called The Listener, starring Tessa Thompson. Yeah, so. and he, he was great in The Sopranos, his character. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's great. And uh, tells the story of uh, Beth, played by Tessa Thompson, a helpline volunteer who is part of a small army that gets on the phone every night across America fielding calls from all kinds of people feeling lonely, broken, hopeless, and worried. Okay. Um, so check that out. Um, they're doing another kind of a Facebook biopic, but this one about Cheryl Sandberg, the uh, chief operating officer of Facebook, and Claire Foy from The Crown will be portraying Cheryl Sandberg. It's based on a book called An Ugly Truth Inside Facebook's da- Battle for Domination. So there you go. Wow. Um, who here has seen Squid Game? No one it's yet? A, I'm probably going to be my next yeah. watch. Yeah. Really yeah. So it's officially the most popular TV show in Netflix that's ever been released. Wow. Ever in the history of the company. How is that possible? That's what they're saying. So they said that Squid Game has been viewed by more people in its initial month of release than the previous number one holder, Bridgerton. Um, Netflix said it had been selected to be watched by 82 million households. 82 million have watched Squid Game? That's wild. And it's amazing. Like I said before, you know, um, foreign films, foreign television shows, you know, and that. Now, we mentioned last week, do you watch it with the subtitles or and watch the Korean actors, uh, you know, talk in their native Korean? Or do you watch it with the English dub, you know? Well, I'll tell you what, I know that. I'm probably going to do um, watch with the subtitles. Okay. Yeah. And I know that 82 million people can't read. So I know it, 
all of them weren't watching it with the subtitles. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point, man. (laughs) Netflix also has the 90s show. That 90s show. Spinoff of that 70s show. And it's awesome because Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp, uh, who played Red and Kitty Foreman in the original series, will be returning. And um, it's Leah Foreman, the daughter of Eric and Donna, visiting grandparents for the summer so it's gonna kind of involve the grandparents be a sequel it'll be a sequel i would love to see original cast members back Mm -hmm. of course danny masterson probably won't be back Mm -hmm. legal trouble good chance yeah good chance he won't be back (laughs) (laughs) Um, but um asha kutcher uh, mila kunis let's see some of the ogs back we'll we'll move on married now yeah and they're married in real life you wonder if like their characters will have ended up getting That's back the thing. together. Yeah, if if it's uh, yeah, because it was uh, Topher Grace and uh, and um, yeah, you know the uh, Donna, Donna, the actress that plays Donna, um, names escaping me. If they're together, then it makes sense that that they would do the same thing. You know, with I think Ash. didn't she end up with like Fez, which was so bizarre. Oh. <laughs> like in the end, it was like what? Oh yeah, she ended up. With she kept going back and forth between like Hyde, yeah, um, and um, Kelso, and then all of a sudden, she ends up with Fez. Yeah, weird. <laughs> but what's pretty funny is like when they announced um, that '90s show, they kept them bringing up the failed um, that that '80s show that they tried out that had nothing they to do with that. that '70s show, and it was really like one of the worst I thought. 80s series that I've seen because it's just so I mean I love the 80s but it was so over the top 80s and it was just like you know he's just sitting around playing with the Rubik's Cube he's talking about it and like it's just so like stereotypical 80s you'd yeah. be the, ju- the best judge for that right right yeah it, proper, like, like, like Stranger Things does it great you know and does it just enough 80s that you know but not mm-hmm. where it's like dominating the whole entire show but this one was just like you know, like, like, like even Goldberg does a good job. But this one just is over the top with yeah. the 80s, and it didn't last very long at all. All right. All right. So they're doing another Walt Disney um, movie about Walt Disney the person. Now, they've done this before, um, as you know, the Tom Hanks movie, Saving Mr. Banks. And, of course, the movie with um, Tom C. and Nicholas Chachi. Yeah, um, but, yeah but they're going to do the, they're going to do it again. Yet to be titled film, um, but focusing on Disney's journey to build Disneyland. So the actual building of the theme park versus, I guess, his early and you know his animation. So it's kind of like later in the life. I'll watch um, it all. You'll watch it all. You're a Disney fanatic. I know yeah, Alan is a Disney fanatic too. I mean, I've been to Walt's hometown. I saw where um, his childhood home. I saw, yeah, like, um, you know, the, his museum um, in Missouri. Oh, yeah. I saw his first um, studio where he like was almost like homeless, like sleeping in the studio, and that's where he saw a mouse and got oh, the yeah. for Mickey Mouse. Yeah, like um, and that and that studio is in a bad section of town in St. Louis. Okay, and it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty much condemned, and uh, it's, I know people are trying to restore it and like maybe make it into a museum, but it'd be sad if that's lost. You know, it was like Lafogram, the studio. Mm-hmm. So it'd be sad that so. it's like lost to history, but yeah, anything Disney like that, I'll watch it. Any kind of his- historical Disney type of things. Love it. Uh, also on Disney Plus, a WandaVision spinoff starring Katherine Hahn as Agatha uh, is in development. So I guess she's going to lead this uh, 
uh, limited series spinoff. So uh, she did great. Zagatha she was fantastic as Agatha. Yes. Yes. So I'm looking forward to that one. Chachi, I know you saw this trailer, the Christmas movie on Disney Plus, Home Sweet Home Alone, <sighs> which yeah. is a reimagining of the Home Alone franchise. I know Home Alone's one no! of your favorites as well. <laughs> yes. Leave yes. it alone. I know. <laughs> it's a reboot. Introduces ten-year-old Ma- Max, who accidentally is left behind while his family travels to Tokyo for the holidays. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, like I. Like, so the the robbers are married this time. It's Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney. It's a married. Um, oh, it is. Uh, that's a little twist, you know. <laughs> and uh, Keenan Thompson and Tim Simons from Veep uh, is, is also in the cast. So. Yeah. But they had Sounds um they they had in the trailer they had um the um was it the security guard or the cop or whatever mm-hmm. was um. I think the name of the older brother, um, or 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 the annoying the annoying redheaded one. Oh like, yeah, uh, from Home yeah, Alone. I, like, I think that's I think I think it's the same character. Whether it's gonna be the same mm-hmm. person playing them or not, I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. So it might be a kind of like a, um, you know, even like a kind of like a spinoff of of Home Alone. But, All right. But it's, it's a nobody asked for this. Who the hell asked for this? Nobody asked. For this. <laughs> nobody wanted this. You know, people Weren't love Home already- Alone. Yeah, there were already sequels, and yeah. then they they didn't even There's use enough. Macaulay Culkin. They used another kid. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. was, yeah, the I think first was... two was with Macaulay Culkin, and then there right. was a Home Alone three, which was like some random mm-hmm. kid that had nothing to do with the first two movies. Yeah, it didn't well, do very a, well. There's actually a three, four, and five. There's actually oh, there was more than movies. after that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. After the third one didn't do good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I think they're all different kids. Like I think three, four, yeah. and five all different kids. Um, uh huh. How many kids get lost in? Yeah, I watched the third one. How did they, it was horrible. How do they do it though in modern times though? Because like it made sense like the original Home Alone, <laughs> there was you know it was in the nineties, but now right. like how how does like how does that work in modern times? So I just I just watched a film. I've forgotten what it's called, um, but it stars Peter Sarsgaard. And it's about him and a woman. They're divorced, but their daughter mm-hmm. kills someone. And the entire movie is about them. I think it's a 2021 film. It's about them trying to cover it up. Mm-hmm. And it was a really great concept. But that mm-hmm. was one of the things I thought was there is no way in this day and age people don't have ring cameras everywhere. They're not going to, you know, they did the cell phone tower thing, but they weren't getting footage from cameras and ring cameras. And so the film actually, it felt out of place. Like it, it, I couldn't really get into it because of that. Oh yeah. 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 Like I watched the documentary on Netflix. I'm trying to think of who the killer was. It was the killer in, in LA. Um, Was it Zodiac killer? Like, was it, was it him? The guy, I forget the killer's name, but like he mm-hmm. killed all these people in LA, and like they couldn't find him, and like, and like, they're like, like you said, there's there's no cameras that you know caught him doing it, and they they found like a uh, they found like shoe prints, and they actually tracked it down to like this one kind of shoe was only sold in like like one store in LA, like this it was kind mm-hmm. of like a Nike or something mm-hmm. like that, and only said it's one size, it's one brand of shoe, was uh, but they couldn't they couldn't tie it to the person who bought it. 
you know, so it just so happened that this guy bought the one kind of shoe. So they were, they were tracking this one shoe all over. And then, like, the whoever the mayor was of San Francisco ended up, like, telling on the air, like, I'll, I'll be on the lookout for this guy wearing this kind of shoe. And, wow. of course, he got rid of the shoes after that. But, like, um, he would do stuff. Like, he would, like, kill old people. And then he would, like, um, he would, like, eat their food in the refrigerator. And I remember one one time he, like, threw up on the floor. And then he, like, masturbated on the floor. <laughs> and, like, oh, he's, like, right. But, but I'm saying, like, normally nowadays they'll be like, oh, well, we got all this DNA now. But back then they were like, mm-hmm. well, we still can't figure out who did it. Like, <laughs> back in the 80s, I think it was the so, Zodiac Killer. I think it was Zodiac. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think so, though. But if yep. you wanted to kill people, go back in the 80s and kill people. You can't do it now. It's <laughs> too hard. Forensic science like, is, is definitely yeah. advanced. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a very good point. Uh, let's see. Over on HBO, Chachi, I know you're a big fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your yeah. Enthusiasm just dropped a new trailer, which uh, <laughs> had – I love I love the, the arguing, the bickering between Larry David and Jeff Garland's wife. It's just hysterical. Oh, Susie, they yell at each other and they tell each other to fuck off, and it's just, yeah, you, I can't, you know, I love it. And then of course, you know, uh, Jeff, Jeff loves fuck. Larry David and always <laughs> sides with him, even though it's his wife. It's just hysterical. Well, well, he'll side, he'll side with his wife in front of her because he doesn't want that wrath on him. Right. Yeah. But this is what, this is like what the twelfth season or something like. like yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing that he um, has oh, done. Actually, it this is season. the eleventh season. 11th, okay, I think he's. I think he started in the year 2000. So he just did this. He did it whenever he felt like doing a new season. So it was totally like creative. He never felt forced to do a season. And I think he even took like a five-year break between two of the seasons. But like, it's a hilarious show. And like, it's stressful to watch because he always like puts his foot in his mouth all the time. And you're just like, kind of telling mm-hmm. him like, like, stop talking, shut up. But he'll keep going. Mm-hmm. But it's just hilarious. Oh yeah, it is. I'm looking forward to that. Over on Amazon, The Expanse's sixth and final season will premiere on December 10th. I have yet to get into The Expanse. I know it's one of Jeff Bezos' favorite uh, sci-fi shows, so I think at some point I definitely would like to tune in and watch it. Um, uh, Amazon also has a a new um, fantasy series called The Wheel of Time, Um, and they just announced Sierra Cavini, Natasha O'Keefe, and Mira Sayal will join the cast as regulars for season two um another show i still haven't uh, had a chance to check out yet but uh, hopefully at some point i will um what else so um yeah um just a shameless plug for myself uh check out dope sick on hulu you might see yours truly in episode six and seven Woo-hoo! Um, <laughs> awesome. it's called dope sick dope sick yes right. one word or two words uh, one word. It stars um, Michael Keaton, Rosario Dawson, Ahsoka Tana herself, um, Caitlin Deaver, um, and uh, a lot of great actors. And uh, I, you know, it's just it's about the opioid oxycon a- epidemic, you know, um, in the early 2000s. So it's um, in the 90s as well. So. Yeah, it's a, it definitely can hit close to home for some people that may have friends or family that have suffered or died from opioid addiction. So, yeah, definitely a show that people need to watch for sure. Mm, yeah. 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 Um, Chacha, I know you hate Apple TV stuff, but... I do, yes. 
Jake, Jason Siegel is one of my favorites. And of course, you know him from How I Met Your Mother. He's got a new series called Shrinking. Um, check that out. It follows a grieving therapist who starts to break all the rules and tells clients exactly what he thinks, ignoring training and ethics. Um, also, they got big movies on Apple, The Shrink Next Door, which stars Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, Catherine Hahn, who we mentioned earlier. Um, and uh, yeah, follows the um, decade-long manipulation of exploitation by psychiatrist Dr. Isaac and his longtime patient Martin Markowitz. Um, Will Ferrell, if you checked out the trailer, uh, just just he's just just brilliantly funny. I mean, I love everything that Will Ferrell does. Um, he's just hysterical. He is hysterical in this trailer. Definitely makes me want to tune in. And of course, uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord have a movie called The After Party, which is a murder mystery uh, about a high school reunion. It's interesting. We just talked about a similar movie about a high school reunion where they're trying to solve a murder mystery. And then that one yeah. starts Nina that's Dobra. That got canceled after the first season. Yeah, that's a show from like the 90s, right? Yeah, and, you, uh, never, you never found out who the killer was. Never found out who the killer was, right. The, um, 2002, I'm not sure. Yeah. But, like, I, yes, I watched it, watched the whole first season, got canceled. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, well, I guess the killer would have been this guy, they said, or something like that. <laughs> I have like, a feeling damn. we're going to find out who, who the killer is in this series. Um, yeah. Tif- yeah, Tiffany Haddish is in it. Sam Richardson, Ben Schwartz, Alana, Alana Glazer, and Dave Franco. So yeah, that's a heck of a cast there. Yeah. Um. All right. AMC Walking Dead universe uh, is expanding. Oh my gosh, with Tales-, how- Tales of the Walking Dead, Allie. Yes, an anthology spinoff series set for AMC and AMC Plus. Um. Just announced. Um. That was has been green lit. Um, so it's going to be standalone stories. So you yeah. might see Glenn back for like a single episode. You might see Carl oh, back. Cool. You know, yeah, the cool. interview. I'm I know we had Chandler Riggs <sighs> from walking so dead. Allie. I told Allie, cause I know she's a big Chandler Riggs fan. She was in the hospital. And I know Allie would, would have loved to have been a part of that one. Oh, but you got Tony O'Dell. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, but, I mean, I but, don't know. Make, make the Walking Dead stop. It's like too much. Well, they're already stopping. I mean, season 11, well, you know. They, they're not stopping. They're not stopping. They're, they're, keeping, they're keeping doing shit. Like, oh, I like, mean, it, it's still a beloved franchise, Chachi, you know. Uh, I don't, is it, though? Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, the first, you got to admit, season 11 is delivering. It, uh, it's been really, it's been really great. And, uh. It's over. It's over. Like you know, <laughs> the, ship, the ship has sailed. I mean, I don't care. The ship it, it could be. Come on. It could be Citizen Kane season, and people are, are not coming to come back because no. they burn, they burn bridges. They they burn bridges. Yeah. I know. I know. Allie's one of those people that stopped watching because your beloved Carl got killed he off. He's so and... important to the story. Yeah. Oh, I know. I did know. he mention? Did he say like if they like? Yeah, we talked about it. You should him listen over. to it. You should talk. You I'll, should listen to our interview. I'll listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Um, but yeah, the second part, uh, part two of season eleven, will premiere on February thirteenth, twenty twenty-two. We just got all eight episodes, and we talked about the the um, the show last week. But um, AMC also has a very creepy horror series called Ragdoll 
which stars Lucy Hale. And it's a grotesque mass murderer called the Ragdog Killer. And he kind of takes different body parts of different people and sews them together as a ragdoll. Very creepy. Um, it just kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Are they, are they still... Is this like Human Centipede where the person is still alive? Ooh. I, well, the, from what I saw in the trailer, the person was dead. Okay. But if, Human Centipede, that is so fucking creepy. It's disgusting. Ugh. Like, it's I disgusting regret watching creepy. it. You regret watching it because it's like one of those things that's always in your mind. Like you think yeah. about it and it makes you nauseous and it's just one of those movies, you know. Allie, just, don't watch it. Don't don't watch that. Don't one. watch human. It's very it. subversive. I feel like Black Mirror. Um, a couple episodes I've watched. Yeah. I've really that, been ingrained in you. Not really, like just that feeling where you watch and you're like, oh. You just feel gross. And, yeah. Completely repulsed. Wow. Okay. I'll have to. Uh, you know, I never got into Black Mirror. I should. I only watched a couple episodes. Yeah, and they're they're um completely um self-contained episodes. They're like yeah. Yeah. I'll have to watch. Yeah, I've been wanting you... to go back and watch more of them. Cause I, I mean, I enjoyed the episodes. They just like afterwards, it was like. Yeah. So. Um. Over on FX. Have you watched any of the new uh, American Horror Story season? I have it saved um, on. I'm still. Uh, I, it's still on to do a to watch list. Actually, Chachi, have you? No, and I, I, I heard nothing about it at all anymore. Like and that's it kind of remind me of The Walking Dead when they're doing their like standalone series now and like mm-hmm. and like American Horror St- Stories. They did that, you know, their like anthology series. Like it, it's it's another like franchise is just milking it, and they know that they're way past their prime and they're still milking the show i, I haven't heard anybody talk about well, the new season at the, all the thing about that it's an anthology series so you're gonna get a new story new characters every season whereas yeah, walking they're, dead they're still milking it though yeah that's true but yeah over on fx it's interesting since you mentioned an fx show that steve carell is gonna be in a limited series called the patient dude this guy's already on space force he's on uh the morning show on apple tv i'm like he's got a third series like how <laughs> how is steve girl doing this but it's um it's a limited series it's a psychological thr- thriller about a psychotherapist um played by Corell, who finds himself held prisoner by a serial killer with an unusual request curb his homicidal urges oh my god people just want to see him as michael scott i guess that's all we want that's that's what you're waiting for. Yes. <laughs> right. <exactly>. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one thing I wouldn't mind like getting um you know rebooted as like a as like a sequel um series. Mm-hmm. Something with The Office. Yeah. Maybe that kind of humor. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that he's always going to be recognized for. And same with Mark Harmon in NCIS. Mark Harmon is stepping away after 18 seasons. NCIS has been on for 18 seasons. He's actually going to be stepping away from his lead role um, starting episode 19. It's going to be different without uh, seeing uh, Mark Harmon on there. Um, I've never seen a single episode of that series. It's always amazing when the show's been on 18 years or something. I've never seen one episode. Never seen. Procedurals are really popular with the boomers. Yeah. Boomers love NCIS, CSI, 
Yep. Um, Law and Order SVU. I don't know why. That's the demographic that 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 watches that. You know. I don't know. My parents watch that shit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anybody? Like I, um, I don't know how Grey's Anatomy is still on the air. Like that blows my oh, mind. So long. That there's still fans. I never got into fans. like Grey's Anatomy and stuff. They still have their fans. It's crazy. Has anyone caught? Are you? Are you? Have, has anyone watched the the last episode of Saturday Night Live with Kim Kardashian hosting? No, no. She actually, How's that you know, show still in the air? Well, I mean, they get the big <laughs> big time hosts, and it's funny because she was actually poking fun at at, at uh, O.J. Simpson, and I know that the writers wrote this joke for her, but she said her father introduced her to the first black person that she ever met. Want to take a stab in the dark of who it was? <laughs> she said this in her monologue. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and she addressed Simpson's history of being accused of the brutal stabbing deaths of his ex-wife and her friend, Ron. And um, having known Simpson does leave a mark, she says. Or several or none at all. I still don't know. <laughs> you know it, just great. just watching watching her, like, um, like I, I watched her uh, monologue. Yeah, you watched the monologue, she, right? She, she looks so fucking goofy. Like, come on, like, what are you doing with yourself with all that plastic surgery? Plastic surgery, like, right? You look like you look. Like, I mean, it's like supposed to be like an hourglass or whatever, but it looks like it looks fake. It looks like the, the waist is so tiny. Yeah, the hips yeah, and yeah, bottom are so huge, and right. it's like, like like she was pretty when she was like before all that shit. Yeah, it's a little over the top. I'll have to agree with it, but of course she had to get all her family involved in the episode. But it was ironic that she her had mom. all the OJ. Ironic that she had his OJ jokes on Saturday Night Live when that's what um, Norm McDonald got McDon- fired Norm McDonald got fired from, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of ironic now that they're having her saying in the monologue when he got fired yeah. saying the same jokes. But I was happy. I, I did see the clips that they actually honored Norm. Like, I don't yeah. Know, maybe, maybe it was the week before or whatever that they. Um, it was. The weekend, weekend update. They actually paid tribute they actually, to Norm. Showed some they of the clips. Ended I thought the, was pretty classy. Exactly. Ended some clips with Norm Macdonald. And uh, there's actually a really funny skit on Saturday Night Live with that um, guest star Chris Rock, John Cena, uh, Chris Jenner. Um, and uh, it was a Bachelor spoof. Um, they also had, interestingly enough, Chase Crawford from The Boys and Gossip Girl because uh, New York Comic Con was the same weekend they were doing Saturday Night Live. So I was like, okay, that makes sense that why he was there. And John Cena was actually another celebrity guest at New York Comic Con, so that makes sense why oh, yeah. John Cena was also in that skit as well. So like, That's a good looks point. Like they, yeah, it looks like they just called in the uh, celebrity guest at New York Comic Con to do a guest spot on the show. So that, that particular episode of Saturday Night Live had a ton of celebrity, celebrity cameos. It was pretty cool. Um, and also she did a People's Court segment as well, which was pretty funny, where she played her sister, Courtney. And they had a pretty funny segment uh, with uh, someone that pay, played um, Travis Barker, as you know, Courtney Kardashian's with Travis Barker now. And she tr- introduced her best friend, uh, Pete Davidson, played his friend, Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, and uh, they had Megan Fox on there as well. <laughs> a, not awesome. the actual Megan Fox, but uh, the actress, um, Chloe Feynman, played Megan Fox in that episode. It's pretty funny. <laughs> It was good stuff, man. Yeah. I know, um, Allie, you're excited about Doctor Who. They have a premiere date for Jodie Whitt- Whittaker's final run. Last season was so bad. Well, it's I'm called Doctor it. Who. Doctor Who Flux. 
I'm excited, but I'm also like, was it really that be bad? Good. Yeah, it was really no. bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really let's bad. hope it's a lot better. I know, but Chachi, we're the... not a fan of Saved by the Bell, Chachi, were you? No. The reboot. <laughs> I get canceled. Please tell me I get canceled. No, the second season will stream uh. on November 24th. <laughs> Sorry to say, man. I wanted to enjoy it, but it was just so, 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 so bad. Um, William Shatner, this is great news. At nine years picture. old, entered space aboard Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin Space Shuttle, becoming the oldest person in history to go where no man has gone before, which is awesome because Shatner's Captain Kirk, and he pretty much is doing life imitating art, you know, um, because he was, you know, captain of uh, the Enterprise uh, in Star Trek, and now he actually went to space. I think that is so cool at 90 years old. Did did y'all watch it live today? Oh, yeah. I watched yeah. some clips and it was, was, it was so cool. So cool. Yeah, watch, yeah. I mean, it, was a, it was a very short trip. They went out this out of space, I guess, for a few yeah. minutes and came back down. The yeah. the rocket is amazing how that works and like um, mm-hmm. to get it up there and back that quick and that you know and, and safely is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, I, I was surprised at the uh, shape <laughs> that it was. I don't know if you noticed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Little phallic. Like, What's happening? <laughs> Well, if you're the richest guy in the, in the world, then, uh, you know, how, yeah. how else are you going to build You know, like. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely groundbreaking. And I think it's so good at nine years old. And, you know, William Shatner still does the cons. You know, yeah. he was a, he was actually one of the guests at New York. So he goes from New York Comic Con to space. I mean, within, he, a, within a week. They, they did an interview with him, if you, if you didn't catch it, when he got off the um, rocket. And like he was seriously oh. all choked up. He was talking about how amazing mm-hmm. it was, how you're just like flying through like the sea of blue, and then all of a sudden it's nothing but like black and like it's like almost like death. But then you're looking down and you see like the blue and like it's like life below you, and it's like it says uh-huh. this is a surreal experience and surreal, he, breathtaking. He talked about I can't do his worst justice. You got to definitely check out the um the the videos. But he was all choked up as he's saying it. But just imagine like you spend your whole life, you're known for this thing about being in outer space and stuff. And then you probably think like, there was no way I'm ever going to be in outer space. And then you're 90 years old, which, you know, most 90 year year olds can barely even move. And then he's going up in a rocket ship and like going to outer space. It was, it's pretty amazing thing. That's amazing. That is amazing. What a smart move um, from Jeff Bezos to put him on there because you know, the, the kind of press that he got and attention, by putting um William Shatner up there. Yeah. Tell you, man. It's either but he actually, like <sighs> the highlights of his life going up there, so that's really cool to see. It's all Jeff Jeff awesome. Bezos or Elon Musk doing all this crazy stuff in space. Yeah. Gotta give it up for those guys, man. They're they're doing some amazing things. I love reading about um that kind of stuff, man. Um and a couple more things before we wrap up tonight's show. Um some controversy. Well, not really controversy, but uh Looks like Superman's son in DC Comics is coming out as bisexual. So this is Jonathan Kent, the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane. So before some people get all up in arms because, oh, Superman was never you know, gay or bi, it's Superman's son, son yeah. not not Superman. I didn't know he even had a son. Yeah, I guess, you know, they're continuing the storyline. And they just did an issue um, of Batman where Tim Drake one of the Robins and Batman's loyal sidekick also came out 
as bisexual. So, I mean, some people might say it's pandering. Some people might say it's representation matters, but. There's gay people out there. I think it's great to see. um, See the characters that. that, Yeah. That, that, um, you know, you don't typically see, you know. Um, So. Is that Lois Lane's um, son? Lois Lane and Clark Kent's son. So how did that conception work? I want to know. You're right, because if Superman has super sperm... Right, when it shoot right through her, right? It would, would kill her, right? Right, I, that's what I would think. Yeah, so I guess <laughs> I'll have to read... The, like normal, normal sperm. I'd have to read the comic book to kind of get a, glass, uh, a grasp on that, yeah. Wait, do you think they went into detail with that in the comic book? Yeah, they, I'm sure they, they have to explain. Maybe it's a kryptonite condom? Could that be it? Could be because the, the, condom, condom. the purpose of the condom, condom is to right? prevent it, though. So I don't know. Because a normal condom would be pointless for Superman, right? Yeah. That's why it had to be a kryptonite condom. Right. But then wouldn't, that, wouldn't he not get an erection then if he had a kryptonite condom? <laughs> We're getting really technical on the kryptonite right, yeah. condom right now, aren't we? Yeah, we got we to figure this out. I, I really want to talk a little bit about Dave Chappelle. Um, apparently, apparently, he's got a, a wave of criticism for his comments about the LGBTQ community in his Netflix stand-up special. And I, I wanted to watch the special for myself to kind of see it. And uh, I got to say, you know, I mean, even though, you know, he makes jokes and granted, every ethnic group, every minority group, every majority group gets gets punched on in... in um, in Chappelle's um, Netflix special, you know, it's not only just the LGBT and the transgender community. And because he brought up a point that the transgender people have been very angry at him for the jokes, he actually befriended an actual trans comedian that opened up for one of his shows. This actually comes to a side story. Now, the trans comedian defended Dave on Twitter, you know, with a lot of trans people commenting about, you know, the band, the Netflix special, and and so on and so forth. And because this trans actor had, comedian, had defended Dave Chappelle and all the bullying, she ended up taking her own life. Yeah. Oh, no. When? So, so this was like a year or so ago. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. And, 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 and it really hit close to home. And, and, and he ended his special by saying, you know, um, that he's not, you know, he told people just to stop punching on my punching down on my people, which he's alluding to the friends that he's made along the way, whether you're the comedian trans, and stuff. Yeah, the comedians. That's what he was alluding to, whether you're trans, whether you're straight, whether you're white, black, Asian, Latino, whatever. Comedians are there to entertain. They're there to make jokes. And at the end of the day, you, you know, I just feel like. People really shouldn't get, you know, too offended um, because at the end of the day, every every ethnic group is going to be made fun of. Every minority group is going to be made fun of. And uh, I mean, it's just it's just this it's just the, the reality of how comedy is today in 2021, guys. And uh, that comedian did not deserve to die. You know, she did not have to take her own life. Um, and it's just it's really, really sad. That's come to it, and um, you know, I, I really don't believe Dave Chappelle is transphobic at all. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, 
granted, he, he befriended this this comedian, you know, um, and the comedian opened up for Dave, you know. Yeah. And, um, and, and he said that she was terrible. During, yeah. during the during the um, her routine. But but then right. later on, they did kind of like a back and forth when he was on stage and then and then she had the cr- the whole time. The yep. stuff that, you know, they were, you know, bantering back and forth. Almost took him like a master class on it, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, there, there are some parts where I can see where, where some transgender could be upset about some of the comments because he was siding with J.K. Rowling, uh, saying that, you know, but, but stating the truth that, that gender is a fact, you know, that, that, uh, um, but nonetheless, I mean, you know, some groups are still very angry. I know what, I know some uh, employees of Netflix that were unhappy actually walked into a meeting, an important meeting with executives. Yeah. Um, and one was a trans person and they criticized the comedy special. And apparently those employees got suspended for, you know, interrupting the meeting. Um, but the latest is that they recently rehired everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Not unsuspended rather they were never really fired right um but yeah one of those employees was trans was very offended by that but um i haven't so seen fo- the special i haven't yeah. heard a lot of detail of the backlash um but there are certain comedians that i don't listen to i don't give time to i don't support because i don't agree with their jokes okay. but at the same time that's their job you know, comedians, again, I haven't heard what he had to say, uh, but that's part of their job. And so they, I think they do get a little bit more freedom than other people would. And it doesn't necessarily reflect who they are, but I do think, you know, you also have to be careful with how you choose to spend your life and your your time. And you have to make sure that what you're doing is helping the world be a better place instead of a worse one. And so I totally understand backlash, you know? Um, But at the same time, I also understand that it's their job. So um, I usually don't speak out against certain things that comedians have said. I just choose to not um, support them, but I understand people that, that do need to speak up and, and take action. You know, but that's kind of cool, too, that they get to do that. Can, can you mention the comedians that you're maybe not on par with, Vanessa? Uh, well, the main one is Joan Rivers. <laughs> I, okay. I never, even her old school comedy, I just, I never liked it. I just found her to be very disrespectful, distasteful. It didn't make me feel good about her or anyone else. Um, Interesting. And I just got a bad taste in my mouth whenever I heard any of her comedy. And so um, I wasn't, you know, I felt bad when she passed away, of course, but I was not super upset like most other people um, because I just didn't think that she was a very good person, but I didn't know her. So she, I, she, for the sake of time, I'll just mention her. Um, But I know she also sparked a lot of modern comedy She's the reason that a lot of women became comics and a lot of comedians these days Mm -hmm. have their setups the way that they do. So I'm not saying she wasn't important. I'm just not a fan. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I thought the last Chappelle special was funnier, but this one was still really good. And I think he's 
Definitely one of the best to have ever have done comedy. He and is. One of the most honest and like he's honest. That's the thing. He one and, of the and, last people that they really can't um, control or mm-hmm. even really cancel because, like he said, he canceled himself. I mean, he walked away from a fifty million dollar contract when he didn't feel something was right, and he walked away from comedy for like I think it was like ten years. Yeah, he so, did. Yeah. yeah. So he, yep. So he's kind of the last person that can just say whatever he feels is mm-hmm. is true, whether you agree with him or not. And with any comedy, you're, you're never going to have a comedian that everybody's like, oh, like this person's right or this person's funny or whatever. You're never going to have that, you know, or you're going to have or it's going to be so dumbed down. It's going to be like almost like Carrot Top where and people are going gonna to like it anyways. Yeah. So any any comedy is going to make people uncomfortable. It's going to be stuff that you don't agree with. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that Chappelle has said over the years that I don't agree with but i still think it's funny um yeah it's just comedy the thing too about comedy is it can be really wrong but it can be funny you know like cards against Mm -hmm. humanity oh yeah obviously accurate but can be really freaking funny yeah some of the funniest um comedy routines ever or like or even stuff that people say in person or like you know i can't believe you said that you know but it's it's so fucked up that somebody said that 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 makes it funny even even the person (laughs) doesn't believe it yeah, the fact that somebody said it is like messed up, and it's funny. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it's the point of those um roasts. If you watch the roast, like, and they say messed up stuff about people who are their friends, they don't really mean it, but they're just saying it because like it's it's messed up to even say it. Mm-hmm. I could never be part of a roast. I am like so sensitive, and Aww. like I could never. Well, that was um a big thing with um Norm Macdonald, and he um was part of the roast of um Bob Saget, and Bob Saget and him were really close friends. And Norm's like, well, I can, you know, he's my friend, I I can't roast him. So Norm went up there, and he like brought this book that his dad gave him. It was like a, it was like a nineteen like it was, it was like a joke book from like the nineteen forties or fifties or whatever. You know, this real corny jokes. And Norm sat there for ten minutes and just read out this book, and totally bombed on purpose. But just did it in, in a way so he wouldn't have to like sit there and roast his friend, you know. He just told these horrible, like corny <laughs> jokes, and he had all the comedians on the stage just like dying laughing because they knew uh-huh. that he was bombing on purpose, but that it was so funny, it was so bad. So definitely like a legend. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I think that concludes uh, uh, tonight's uh, below the belt show topics. Of course, we always give a shout out to those that are no longer with us. So rest in peace shout out goes out to Ricardo Flanagan. He's an actor, rapper, stand-up comedian. He was a semifinalist in Last Comic Standing. Sadly uh, died due to COVID-19 complications. So oh damn, COVID is still still out there, guys. Sadly, it hasn't gone away yet. So please continue your safe practices of mask wearing and social distancing and vaccinations. Um, also, Granville Adams, an actor best known for his performance as Zahir Arif on HBO's Oz. Sally passed away due to cancer. And Fuller Goldsmith, a young chef who ap- competed on Bravo's Top Chef Junior mm. and Food Network's Chop Junior. He also died of cancer at 17. Mm. So, Damn. I know, I know. Legendary. Um, Animator for Walt Disney Studios at 111, sadly passed away. Ruthie Thompson, she was a oh painter at the original 111. That's she was in the, part of the golden age of Disney. Yeah. Wow. 
And one of the <laughs> first, <laughs> one of the first three women invited to join IATSE, the uh, the crew union. Wow. In 1952, she was one of three women in IATSE. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Wow. Also, stuntman Bob Heron, who was a stuntman in Diamonds Are Forever, even Batman Forever. So he's had a pretty long career. Um, remember Batman Forever? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the lesser of the Batman movies. Yeah. Uh, but he was also he was 97. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, rest in peace. And of course, with uh, death, we celebrate life. For those uh, another uh, another trip around the sun. Uh, let's see. Paul Simon is 80 today. Legendary artist and another legendary artist. And Sammy, yeah, Sammy Hagar, another legendary uh, artist, is 74 today. Yeah, they're all getting up there. Man, all these legendary. Isn't that wild? All these um, legends. Musicians, um, yeah. Uh, Marie Osmond, 62. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt Walsh. We had Matt Walsh on Below the Belt Show. He's from Veep. He's a great guy. I'd love to have Matt Walsh back on Below the Belt Show. Happy birthday, Matt, who's 57 today. Uh, Kate Walsh from Grey's Anatomy is 54. Tisha Campbell from Martin. Oh, Gina. <laughs> uh, Gina, she's 53. Damn, Gina. Uh, Billy Bush, who caught, got caught up in the grab him by the pussy scandal with Donald Trump. Billy is 50 today. Uh, Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen is also 50. Happy birthday. Borat himself. Um, and uh, Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things is 20. It's birthday today. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. He was just—he uh, was just a child. I know. That's crazy. Twenty. Wow. Isn't that crazy? He's twenty. I think he's like the oldest of the kids. I think actually. he I think is. Some of them are like eight, seventeen, eighteen. And yeah. He's like the oldest then of them. Millie Bobby Which, Brown and I think Noah are the youngest. Oh, the youngest. Well, they yeah. did the new season, he'll be twenty-five. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I believe yes, Stranger Things season four doesn't come out till twenty twenty-two. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I always look forward to. Um, October being Stranger Things month, but no, it's not happening this month, guys. So, wow, this is a heck of a heck of a show tonight, man. We'd like to thank, of course, our special guests Johnny Alonzo and the crew from Harvey. Um, some of the creators uh, and actors from that film. Uh, check it out on Facebook.com/slash Harvey the Film. Really good. Yeah, congratulations mm-hmm. to all involved with that film. Thanks to Tony O'Dell, one of the OG Cobra Kai guys. It was awesome. Yes. Yeah. Monstermania.net is the place to be uh, to check out not only Tony O'Dell, but also uh, Hawk and and Peyton Liss, who plays Tori. And you also have Christina Ricci um, and so many other uh, celebrity guests that will be in attendance. And uh, yeah, and of course, I, you know, at New York Comic Con, I had one on location interview that I'm going to end tonight's show with, guys, and that is artist David Nakayama. He's one of the, the hot artists of, um, of today, of comic book art. He does a lot of covers for DC and Marvel, um, a lot of exclusive variant covers. He's a brilliant artist, one of my new favorite artists. Uh, David Nakayama, I got to talk to him. At New York Comic Con at Artist Alley. So that's closing out tonight's show, guys. So 
I guess uh, on behalf of myself and the rest of the panel, uh, it's been an amazing show from top to bottom. Uh, before we close out, any particular um, nope. plugs? Any plugs or promotions? Uh, Vanessa, I know um, you take a little break from the Crown Survivalist, but. Yeah, but you can still check out my YouTube still check channel. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, at the Crown Survivalist on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you. Awesome. Oh, I don't know if I um, talked about it on the show, um, but a couple months ago, I got um, this in the mail. Okay. And then I opened it up. And Yay! It's Allie Dodge! Yeah, cool. <laughs> Physical therapy conveniently located. Very yeah, cool. I did that with um, uh, Jill Roach um, back in, it was like one of my, the oh, one cool. things like during the pandemic um, that I was able you're like, why what are they sending you MedStar Health? And then you, they sending you on purpose because you're in it, right? <laughs> are you? Well, no, they sent it to like every, like everyone. Like my, um, I told my parents, I was like, if you get this in the mail, don't throw it away. Um, they're like, oh. why? And they got it. So it was like sent to like, um, it was like everywhere. Everywhere. Um, okay. My mother-in-law so... got it. Uh, my sister-in-law oh, cool. got it at hers. Um, but like, it's Aww. funny because like, I'm glad I checked the mail because my husband was like, I would have just thrown it away, not yeah. like um thinking it was like junk mail but all right are you a physical therapist oh no it was all actors um oh do you you know like um there's like a couple i can't can't see it it's so tiny there's you know janae right janae palmer yeah a lot of the yeah. Oh, he is an actor. He's not really a MedStar Health employee. Right. So it's all yeah, actors. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> nobody are real doctors and. Re- yeah, they they never really use the real doctors and real nurses that that actually risk, uh, you know, on the front lines and, you know, work those long hours. But uh, awesome. Well, thanks so much for everybody here. So uh, closing out with David Nakayama, and we will see you guys. Next week. Until then, peace. Hey, guys. All right, guys. Al Soto here at New York Comic Con 2021. We're here at Artist Alley with one of my favorite artists, one of the premier cover artists in the game right now, David Nakayama. Wow. David, how is uh, how has your New York Comic Con experience been so far? Oh, it's been wonderful. Good to talk to you, by the way. Um, I've been coming to New York Comic Con for, I don't know, the last four or five. And this this year's a little weird, you know, a little smaller, no publishers here. Um, But, uh, you know, it feels the same. It feels comfortable and nice, and it has always been my favorite show because the people are so nice and generous, and uh, this is the one I will never miss. Yeah, and it's good to be back, even though there's more guidelines that we have to follow with COVID-19. The fact that the cons are back. We had a dark 2020, and we're back. Um, You must be a stack just to be in the con game right now, right? Absolutely. I mean, like, I think the thing I miss the most throughout the entire pandemic is cons, like right at the top of my list. It's the thing that we just couldn't do. It's literally a crowd, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I uh, you know, I had to give up on Megacon this year because uh, Delta Spike was looking pretty bad over there. But, uh, you know, doubly so. I'm glad to be back in New York for all of that reasons. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I got to tell you, um, I became a, a fan of your work recently. Uh, I've been a lifetime J. Scott Campbell and Michael Turner fan in my youth. And... Um, for, your artwork really resonated with me. Um, 
would, would that be a safe assumption? Maybe that Jay Scott and maybe Michael Turner would be an inspiration for some of your artwork? Yeah, I, you know, people have told me that they see uh, Jay Scott or Adam Hughes' influences, and th those are dead right. I mean, like, when I was studying uh, and, and trying to figure out my style, especially Jay Scott and, uh, and also Adam Hughes, and then, of course, along the way, people like Jim Lee and Silvestri and... Um, I don't know. Other, uh, I went through 12 years in the video game industry and learned how to digitally paint. So, right. part of what I do is traditional comics, and part of what I do is this modern digital painting thing. Yes. And I like to think that the fusion of the two is what makes me look like me. Yes, of course. A lot of the old school artists uh, do pen to paper, scan, and, and it goes uh, directly to your comic book shelf. Your style can be pen to paper, but sometimes you go straight to digital. That's true. I, I have a style that can be done partially by hand and then brought into the computer, or it can be done 100% in the computer. And it sort of depends on whether it's worth making a, uh, an original, you know, along the way. Right. Very nice. Now, of course, I have to say, women is your forte. Maybe that's why I gravitated to your artwork. Uh, there's, when you um, get inspired to draw the, the female characters, uh, are there any particular women that come to mind? I wouldn't say there's any particular woman. It's more like, it's kind of like artist interpretations, you know? Like, uh, we're going back to influences here, but all my formative artists were known to be good girl artists. You know, you got your Jim Lees and Jay Scotts and Adam Hughes. There's a, there's a running a theme there that, uh, you know, was attractive to me as a fan. And as an artist, it was something I wanted to emulate. So I'm always thinking about, you know, my favorite Adam Hughes or Jay Scott pieces and thinking, is this as good or can I make it more like that? Can I make it better? You know, that, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, very nice. Now, what do you think of PC culture? Do you think that's uh, kind of uh, um, influenced the way artists draw nowadays? Of course, you mentioned the, the pinup art, you know, you know, SJWs getting all up in arms about sexy women. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, look, I think it's everything in reason, right? Like, if our society can't handle sexy, that's stupid. You know, there's, there's a time and a place for sexy art. Uh, you know, I, I, who doesn't love a beautiful, strong woman, you know? That's what I'm drawing. Uh, I, I love doing that, and, and I don't feel like it's offensive. I don't... I try to draw them as empowered and strong, and I don't see a problem with that. So, uh, and I feel like most of my heroes feel the same way. No one is doing tawdry, exploitative art. Yes. That's not interesting to me, and, right. and that's the kind of thing I, I understand that you know the left, the left objects to. But there's a limit, right? There, there's there's a sort of a PG-13 ness where uh, area where it's safe, and I like to stay in in that area. Of course. Of course, we saw a little bit. Well, I, actually, I got some Xenoscope uh, comics. Would you have to say that was kind of on, bordering on the more um, risque of your art style? Yeah, I think that's probably the the limit of where I go. I, mm -hmm. I don't like to do nudes or, like I said, uh, you know, tawdry things where the woman is just presenting or something like that. I, I don't. I don't like that. That sort of doesn't. Uh, that that's where it gets exploitative to me. I always like it yeah. when the woman is in charge, where she's running the show, where. You know, uh, if there's humor involved, it's not at her expense. You know, that, that sort of thing. I love it. Now, of course, we've seen your work in DC, in uh, Marvel. Um, I love uh, the, the solid green rogue you did recently, the solid yellow. 
um, Green Lantern female character. I'm not even sure who that is, but it's Jessica Cruz. Jessica Cruz was yeah. phenomenal. Um, are there any particular? Um, I guess you're, you're kind of as a freelance artist, you just pretty much love working for different uh, companies, or do you have a preference on working for one company or another? What it turns out for me is like I I when I was a kid I liked all the stuff that was out there, right? I, I watched He-Man on television and I loved Transformers and I read comic books from Marvel and DC and so kinda what it is for me is like if I fell in love with something when I was a kid, I'm super interested in it as an adult artist trying to pick jobs. Yeah. You know, if it's like one of those IPs, I got all the love in the world for that. I'm less interested in kind of like newer characters or smaller characters or even necessarily making my own stuff. I just, I really still am in a phase where I really like that, uh, the, the big characters that I grew up with. I love it. Of course, Unknown Comics, um, I see the shirt you're wearing. Yeah, you a lot of exclusive uh, David Nakayama covers. Um, and uh, one of my favorite ones was the Hellions, the uh, kind of like that fa high fashion. Um, I was wondering if you, did you take a look at any high fashion magazines for inspiration? Yeah, I think part of being a good artist is doing yeah. your research, especially if you're venturing out into something you haven't really done before. Yeah. I haven't done a lot of high fashion magazines or, uh, and, and, you know, I knew that in order to get that look right, I would have to study uh, Vogue and other magazines like it yeah. to, to get that look, and I did. Uh, and and I, I like to think it, it, it worked. You know, people look at it and they, that's what they read from it. I love it. Of course, you can get a lot of David Naka Nakayama books on unknown comics and where else can we find everything David Nakayama? Well, that's a good place to start. A lot of my exclusive books are available there, but also Sanctum Sanctorum comics. A lot of our parody serial covers come from them and of course Xenoscope we talked about for my pinup work or uh, various other places like Metahumans and uh, Hypno Comics recently. We got a brand new Incredible Hulk number one out this week. Okay. Those are good places to start. Awesome. Now, have you um, uh, fanboyed over any celebrities that are in attendance at New York Comic Con this weekend? <laughs> well, that that would require me to actually have gotten out of this chair during the weekend and, and know who's out there, and I and I just haven't. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. Very nice, very nice. Well, next, if you draw a, a starlight from the boys, uh, Aaron... Moriarty's here, and uh, she looked amazing. Yeah. I think you would do an amazing rendition of Aaron Moriarty. Just saying. It would be amazing. I'm, I'm a fan of the show. Yeah. I liked the comic before it, and uh, it's definitely one of those jobs, like if, if uh, who publishes Dynamite? Dynamite published boys? Uh, yes, that's right, Dynamite. Right, so if Dynamite came to me, and, and they were like, do you want to do a boys cover, or if, the, if Amazon wanted me to do a, some ad for it, I'd be absolutely down for that. Heck yeah. Unless I forget Karen Fukuhara, who's also Japanese like yourself, yes? True. Part Japanese? Yes, that's true. My dad's Japanese, so it's, you know, for me... Uh, there, there are just so few Asians out there in the public eye, and it's really, really cool for me when something like a Shang Chi comes out, yes. or when Karen on the boys, you know, uh, gets a gets a, a lot of screen time. I think we need a lot more of it. You know, bring it on. I love it. Represent, representation matters, and representation matters definitely with David Nakayama, one of my favorite artists here at New York Comic Con. Thanks so much for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. And if you could let us know who you are, and you're on Below the Belt Show. Hey guys, it's David Nakayama here. I'm on the Below the Belt Show. Check them out. Yes!
Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain.